Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft, a podcast where we each draft five picks around a prompt we've written from books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, tell us whose picks chopped the other picks. My name is Paul. I am joined tonight by my usual co-hosts, Cameron and Michael. Guys, how is it going? Audience, yeah. let's see that. I just bowed. I just bowed towards you, toward the camera. Cameron went for the bow, and Michael went for the karate chop. So we have two different dojo styles. We've got. It's interesting because the... I feel like uh, our personalities are the re- reverse. Right. I totally was Cobra Kai. Right. There. I was going to say we've got the Miyagi Do and the Cobra Kai going on. All right. Nice. I like it. I can be the quiet, humble one for once. <laughs> Uh, well, you are quietly recording in your garage, so you can't, that is be, true. can't be that doing is true. too much karate chopping. Live here um, <laughs> in my garage. Uh, it's hot. It's hot. But I do have me a glass of uh, Savion Blanc um, ah. to cool me off. Water probably was going to be better, but, you know, what are you going to do? The official drink of martial arts. <laughs> New Zealand wine. <laughs> Classic. Uh. I saw a horrible tattoo this week on Instagram and someone tattooed their foot and it said, literally everyone can't be Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> I don't They're just, they're just like, I, yeah, I had to think about it. I was like, okay. So you just mean like everyone globally was not Kung Fu fighting around the world. Oh, it just like, happened to be on their foot. That's what they did. The- t- no, that's what they tattooed on their foot. Now, I didn't know if a, the foot had something to do with the tattoo. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, okay. a bunch of horrible tattoos on the foot. Okay. If you have a tattoo that you're, you're 50-50 on, go for the foot, because then you can always just wear a sock. That's true. And that's that's true. I, That's kind of the cop-out. When I, somebody's like, I have a tattoo, and they're like, it's on my foot. I'm like, get the heck out of here. I don't even <laughs> want to know what it is. You clearly care nothing about it. It's on your foot. Give me a break. <laughs> of course, I'm one. I don't have a tattoo. so <laughs> It's not like I can... Uh, I guess I, I have nothing to, to rep. Uh, yeah, anyone? Um, I, I have not watched or taken in much of anything in the past week. How about you guys? I am, uh, before Michael goes here, I am moving my way through a movie in between being a dad. So it's going pretty well, but I won't talk about it till I get done. <laughs> so I'm on oh. night three of trying to watch some of it. Okay, okay. So how long are the segments? Uh, probably about 30 minutes a pop. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So you're basically making a movie into a sitcom. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would say so. Actually, you know what? I did watch a movie um, last week. I know I didn't say I had it in pre-production, but I did watch one. Um, I try to, whenever I'm babysitting or when I'm, I'm, I'm watching him for like the afternoon or something and she's doing something, if I can get him settled enough, I love to put on a movie that I'm like, if I don't like it, no big deal. I'm just watching the kid. Um, so I put on, and I have all these movies on my cues, obviously. Um, but I put on an old Harrison Ford movie called Hanover Street. Any of y'all heard of it? No, not. Yeah. It is a, it is a, gosh, I want to say like 80, 81. It is a World War II film set in England. Harrison is a bomber pilot. And it co-stars, uh, I forget the the actress's name, but it co-stars Christopher Plummer. 
um, as a British uh, intelligence officer. And it's kind of a love triangle type of a film. Um, it's like his wife and, you know, it's, it's his girlfriend and uh, they have to go into Germany and they, he gets shot down and yada, yada, yada. It is so old school. Like it feels like a, like a late forties film. Like it's just, you know, he runs into her and they immediately click. There's no like romantic development. It's just kind of like they're in love. Like, there you go. You know, like movies from the forties. It's like, mm -hmm. they are in love and that is the obstacle. She is married, yada, yada, yada. Um, it actually was pretty decent. It wasn't bad. Like it was, it was a good kind of a, a fun watch. It was kind of enjoyable. If you're ready for like a very, old school like romance noir type film uh so it was it was really it was really enjoyable um just on the afternoon so Hanover Street one thing I will say about it it is the first time Harrison Ford is trying to cross a rickety bridge uh <laughs> like a one-person rope bridge I did so no wonder he had he did it so well with confidence in temple of doom because he had already done it before and it's in this movie and so that was a great little surprise so hanover street um 1981 i believe i, I pulled it up on the internets and it's leslie ann down is the okay. actress came out in 79 79 okay okay 79. a little earlier even there you go so right right in the middle of star wars so young harrison ford it was really um huh. I, I love sure. young harrison ford i mean when is there isn't a good harrison ford but it's true i um it reminds me you know you talking about like older movie style right like uh, they're just in love we don't have to kind of explain it uh i read an article this week people were kind of debating it on twitter about movie endings and this person's argument was sometime around like you know 2000 like you have pre-2000 post-2000 kind of movies uh post-2000 movies are bad at ending movies and he speculates at a bunch of reasons he's like even movies that i like i get to a point where i feel like oh the story's probably pretty wrapped up but they have the need to like fill in extra details make sure you know what happened to every character and then set up a sequel for a franchise more often mm -hmm. than not in like big movies um, and he was like giving examples of pre-2000s like 90s or, or earlier movies that would end uh you know literally with like a freeze frame or there would be the big fight scene and they would spend like a minute of film time after the big fight to be like all right, like you saw the thing you wanted, which was the the protagonist, you know, winning the day. Now we're just going to leave because we know you don't want to sit around for 20 extra minutes of how did this all kind of conclude? Um, and I don't know. I don't know if I agreed with it, but I thought it was an interesting. That's um, interesting. Article. Do you happen to have that article that you could link? Uh, I can. I, yeah, I'm, I can. I can find it again. I'm very intrigued. That, that kind of makes sense. If you think about um, early film, right, it was kind of a you go catch a couple movies right at the, at the theater. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of like wham, bam, you go in there for a quick story, a quick sequence. You usually buy like a double feature, right? Uh, so you don't, you don't really need that long, what is it called in storytelling? Closing action? Uh, the, descending, not rising action. Isn't there a reverse? Um, 
you know, I'm thinking of, you know, like yeah. the, 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 uh, the epitome of that, right. Is the return of the King, like seven mm-hmm. endings type of thing. And, uh, and I think you're right. Like in today's world, they're like, Oh, we really gotta, we really gotta get the, the audience even more intrigued at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we just hey, finished hey. watching it. Do you need to? And you're right. The old ones, um, are a little bit better at that. And this one had that sort of an ending. It was kind of like mm-hmm. the, 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 the obstacle was overcome and then there was one conversation at the end and then a exit scene as somebody departs and that was it. <laughs> and so I get that. I'm really interested in that article. I would love to see yeah. the other examples. Uh, his other idea for why it might be happening was you have uh, so many of these services now where, um, uh, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't do it, but is it it's Cinema Scores or something? There's one that does like immediate post movie reactions, right? Like you're they you're leaving the theater and they pull a sample of people to see what they felt about the movie. Um, and so he, you know, his other argument, and he was also talking to screenwriters about this who all gave anonymous quotes because they didn't want to uh, publicly trash, I guess, modern movies, but. Uh, he, you know, he was like producers of movies pay attention to these scores. And if you leave the movie theater, you're going to like a happy ending that concludes everything in the moment better than an ambiguous ending that makes you think, right? Like, like so the second you leave the theater, you're going to be like, yep, that was great. Everything got wrapped up. And if it's kind of ambiguous, you might be like, I don't know. I really wanted to figure out what happened to this character. Like, did this guy make it or something? Because because so, it's like simple so you're like you're you're satisfied because it's an easy act it's an easy answer yes. are you satisfied yes yes so you're it's more likely like, well to, are they going to do that i don't know it depends yeah. where they go with it you know so you're more likely to respond well to something like a survey and the producers were worried that bad survey results would equal bad word of mouth for the movies and then fewer people would see it so they he thinks maybe there's like big production companies are steering filmmakers to say we need a happy ending so that people go out and tell their friends to watch the movie. Interesting. I've only been to a couple movies where I have literally felt like not talking afterward. <laughs> I feel like that's a kind of a, a rare thing if they can just, you know, make you sit in silence. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is rare. I can't think of one. Hmm. One of them, I think it was the Tree of Life. Is that the, the? Yeah, I don't know, man. You gotta, you gotta talk about what the heck was that about? I feel like that's, that's what the, I would have been saying. The Terrence Malick one, right? That's what yeah, that one was called. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, Talking cool. about the era that Hanover Street seemed like it was a part of, reminded me that I, I watched Reminiscence. Did I talk about that last week? It's the Hugh Jackman movie. Uh, we did not talk about no. it last week. Oh. Okay, so I checked that one out. And it, I would describe as a neo-noir movie. Okay. It's set in the future in a dystopian... T- well, I mean, the upcoming future. <laughs> so it's set in Miami area and it's flooded because of global warming. Oh. And so there's about two feet of water that's just occupying all of the city and uh it shows them going on a train at one point that goes across 
and it, it's going over land at some points, but then it goes over water and it's actually kind of going through the water because it's risen so much. It was, it was neat for the setting and uh, there were some neat aspects of it. It was kind of straightforward um, with its plot. I feel like I was intrigued because I think it was uh, either written or produced by someone associated with Westworld. And I thought that would mean high quality, but it didn't, it didn't quite translate. <laughs> really depends on what season of Westworld you're talking about mm, mm, for mm, quality. Mm, okay. That might've been it. <laughs> uh, it's very much like that one cut of Blade Runner where Harrison Ford narrates the entire thing, because that's what oh. that would be the uh, director's cut. Okay. With a so, theatrical cut, yeah, not Jack- the final cut. I know that. Huh. Jackman is uh, is narrating the whole thing, so that kind of takes you out of it, yeah. To begin with, but there's mm-hmm. some neat. Uh, the The premise is that in the future, it's so crappy, no one wants to live in their present. So he works in this. Uh, he has a machine that can let you go live back in your memories. And he kind of guides you back to your memories. Interesting. It's like a, re- got- like a reverse uh, eternal sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one lady, they tried to give her a copy of her memories because she kept revisiting just the same one. But she said that when she was in, uh, this this machine, she could actually feel everything. You know, she was still getting the actual sensory whatever from from the actual memory itself. It. I mean, I remember the trailers for it, and it looked interesting. And uh, you know, Hugh Jackman is normally in in at, at you know minimum enjoyable to watch yeah. the film. Yeah. So I I had planned on checking it out. Yeah, it sounds like. Oh, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it's it's one that it felt more like it was produced by one of the streaming services rather mm. than meant to air in theaters. That's what it felt like to me. Interesting, interesting, huh? I like I like the the setup. Um, so you know, you know, it's like it didn't quite land for you. So I'm I'm interested. You know, my wife um, is still not comfortable with uh, us going to movie theaters. Mm-hmm. so especially with the baby so um i think i'm at that point guys i think i'm going to start buying those early accesses mm. um so yeah i hate to do it but there's just too many movies going by <laughs> i can't yeah what um, what uh well i mean you think you like are you gonna have, have you done black widow i mean that's one no, of the big ones that's out ha- haven't done that one i don't know i don't know if i'm worth it for that so there's a movie i want to watch I don't know if you guys have seen it, The Green Knight. Well, uh, I've seen the trailer. Seen yeah. Yeah. Heard about so it. I, I hear it's really interesting. It looks beautiful. It, yeah. And I, I talked to my brother. I was like, hey, can I watch this on my TV? And he was like, oh, you really got to go see it in theaters. And I was <laughs> like, oh. And I asked my wife and she was like, no. Nah. And I, so I'm, I'm stuck. So I'm thinking I'm going to try and find a scenario where I can shut my bedroom down into black uh and watch it straight through i don't know yeah. where the kid's gonna be or anything but i, I gotta find a way to watch it because it's it's supposed to be pretty pretty darn good 
it's I've heard it's um, it's one. I mean, critics love it. Uh, it's one of those ones I think that uh, you probably will leave and want to talk about just based on what I've heard that um, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, I mean, I guess artsy, I, you know, I don't mean that yeah. in a negative way. There's like art film stuff in it that a lot of people uh, had to ponder a lot after seeing in a good way. So yeah. um, I've, I've heard the, the film critics that I follow all really enjoyed it. Well, maybe if I buy it, I'll send y'all my link and we can all, we can all talk about it. Chat about it. We had to read that at some point in a lit class. And I just remember thinking the story itself was a little strange. So I can imagine that it would be a little artsy in the telling of it. I don't know. It just, Ooh. it was it wasn't my go-to Arthurian tale. It wasn't what I thought of. Like, oh, I'm going to ride a horse out and slay a dragon. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that just shows how simple you are, Michael. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got Joel Edgerton, <laughs> which was from a callback to my uh, Nolan draft. And this feels like a very Nolan-esque film. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give myself a, a bonus point there. <laughs> what uh, what role is he playing? I, I don't know. I just see it on the, on the uh, cast. Mike, I was joking there about you being simple, by the way. I know, Cameron. Okay, all right. Holly always, uh, Holly's always like, you give Michael a hard time. You need to stop. <laughs> so, Got to be better. Uh, Paul, she didn't tell me to, to stop giving to you a lay off time, me. For the, right. for the record. <laughs> she, so either, either she agrees with what I'm saying about you <laughs> or she thinks, she thinks you're like tough as nails. <laughs> I don't know which one. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to choose to take that the second way. Hmm. <laughs> well, let's get going. Well, speaking of movies that are in theaters that you can't see right now, Shang-Chi just released. Oh. Yep. So that is why we're here tonight. That's right. We're literally recording this on release day. It came out today, right? That's mm-hmm. the kind of service we provide our listeners. Okay. <laughs> We give you a podcast about a topic that will be several days after that topic (laughs) because we're recording it on the day itself. That's the quality you can expect from what's on draft. Next on the, the, uh, what's his name? The Mandy minute, (laughs) the Mandy, the Mandy Patinkin. That's right. Uh, just wait all you patinkerers out there for the Mandy Patinkin minute (laughs) coming up, uh, (laughs) weekly as promised. Uh, but first, uh, let's introduce the topic. Right. So Shang-Chi, master of Kung Fu, um, a movie I'm really excited about. Uh, the trailers have made the fight scenes look great. I know they have a lot of awesome martial arts guys involved in the stunt work and choreography. Uh, so I'm excited to see um, sort of the, the Kung Fu side of the Marvel Universe. But it got us thinking about martial artists in, uh, in works of fiction. And so we're going to be drafting a martial artist tonight. Each of us is going to be making a team of five in classic martial arts movie style. They will probably show, you know, have a showdown in a dojo where we can see whose team of five is going to be triumphant over the other two. Uh, we have a couple stipulations that, uh, you know, are, are normal stipulations, I guess, for, for drafts of this nature. Um, uh, we're, we're franchise ruling it, right? So if you take someone from a property, uh, you can't take someone else. But we're extending the franchise rule to say 
if we draft an actor, you also cannot take a different character that actor played. So if somebody takes Neo, all other Keanu Reeves characters are then off the table. And I'm assuming also then like Agent Smith would be off the table because we won't double up on Matrix picks. Uh, everyone agreed with that uh, yeah, setup? I was really hoping to get Constantine, but what are you going to do? You know, the way he lights the cigarettes, real real kung fu action on that cigarette lighter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. Um, these are all we're, we're drafting fictional uh, fictional martial artists. Um, so we'll be discussing, uh, you know, characters and uh, what what medium they were in and probably write some of the stuff, the movie or TV show or whatever is most famous for as we make the picks uh we've randomized our draft order as usual i have the number one pick and then michael and then cameron with the back-to-back picks rounding you know, out the first round paul the way you said that it makes it sound like you always rig these uh orders because you said as usual i have the first pick oh i know i was as usual i have randomized the order and now yeah I have the yeah first pick. it's all right you got you got that 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 coin that never landed for you like nine times in a row so that's no yeah problem. if i'm rigging it i'm doing a terrible job of, of rigging it uh, unless i always want the second pick in a two-person draft which wouldn't make sense uh all right well shall we just get into it here let's do it what, what uh, do they say right before a, a match fight uh, fight Oh, so so the movie Godzilla was right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, either just a respectful bow, or if it's Mortal Kombat, fight. Hey, so uh, are our listeners voting on the team of five, or are we going head to head every round in like a three way <laughs> dojo well, fight? I would I say hmm, I don't uh, think we can do that logistically. It, I guess if the listeners want to think through it that way in their head. And then at the end, decide who won. But the poll is just going to say, which of these three people do you do you pick? You're right. That's better than five polls. So. <laughs> I mean, if, if, uh, if, you know, if we were sitting with um, thousands of listens per episode, then yeah, we could, we could make it a whole month of polls. But So we're um, just a couple shy. Yeah. I, I'm not going to ask our, our voters, our kind voters to... Uh, by the way, I've been trying to plug it at the start of the show, but uh, you can find the links to vote in the notes here, as well as links to our social medias and stuff. Uh, we'll talk about it more at the end, but you are—we uh, we are going to ask you to vote on the winner here um, via our Facebook page at the end of the episode. All right. Well, uh, number one pick. Um, I think, you know, it, since we're blocking all iterations of an actor, uh, I think there's really only one person you can go with with the number one pick here in terms of uh, actor. Uh, so for me, it's just going to be which iteration of that actor do I want? And I have, uh, I wrote down three options on my list here, I think I'm gonna go with the one that I think maybe adds at least a, a unique skill set to the table along with 
my um, along with the the standard martial arts skill. So of course I've got to go a Bruce Lee character and take Bruce Lee off the board up top. I'm going to take Kato from the Green Hornet series. Uh, all Bruce Lee characters, right? I had um, uh, Chin Jin, I think was the another one because not only does Bruce Lee play him, um, I would have taken the Bruce Lee one, right? Uh, but also played by Jet Li and Donnie Yen. So uh, a well-accomplished character, I think has a lot for it. But Kato, you still have uh, the martial arts skill set of Bruce Lee, but also is an expert driver. So if for some reason uh, a getaway vehicle becomes important, uh, but also just uh, a character that has to improvise a lot of fights because he's usually uh, making up for the bumbling Green Hornet um, and became so popular that uh, in China, the show, instead of being known as the Green Hornet, was known as the Cato Show. Like they actually shifted the name mm. of the show to feature Bruce Lee in China uh, because his character was so popular. But um, yeah, this one, I, a lot of the characters I wrote down, I tried to write down if they had like a fight scene in a movie that I really enjoyed or something. Um, Cato, since it's a TV series, it doesn't have like one standout fight number that I like, but uh, you know, every episode... It's really Cato who saves the day and then the Green Hornet who gets all the credit. But I want Bruce Lee if I'm taking the number one pick. So that is my Bruce Lee selection. Yeah, Michael, is it a, uh, is it a steal for you? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. did not have Bruce in my top five. Um, I'll explain later. So we're going to talk about um, Bruce here. Um, I, I love the Green Hornet. Um, Green Hornet. Um, I love that much more realistic um, realism as a superhero. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I have a hard time sometimes with the fantastical magicalness of superheroes. So I, I've always gravitated toward the, the green Hornet. Um, I really wish they had uh, several, if not at least one good modern interpretation of the green Hornet, which they, they have not to my knowledge. So um, you didn't like the Seth Rogen film? Not particularly. I was going to say, has there even, has there been another attempt other than that one? I don't think there has. I think there's been some foreign attempts. Nothing, okay. nothing uh, stateside. So, I was in. I feel like he is the most renowned. He kind of brought martial arts to the mainstream, uh, especially stateside. And so he's, he's top of a lot of lists. Mm -hmm. I really liked his character, which is just called Lee from mm -hmm. Enter the Dragon, because he's kind of a spy character, which is cool. It's, it's not your standard setup. He's actually there to gather intel and uh, kind of move around stealthily. I feel like he's got the best physique for anyone in the game. Uh, he's just super wiry and, and muscular. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, allegedly so fast they couldn't capture him on film at the time. His punches, yeah. he had to pull his punches so that they would like show up on camera. Um, and, you know, if you just look at, you know, most of the other actors will probably take today um, when they, are uh you know discussing their influences like it's always bruce lee is is number one mm -hmm. um and so uh he's sort of the like you know popularized it not just in the u.s but really is like 
the tops um, internationally as well in terms of uh, martial artists in film. I feel yeah. like he had a lot of really iconic styles too that have translated well that other people have been able to reuse. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, no, that sounds uh, that sounds good. Uh, I, I didn't have him on my list, Bruce, in any fashion uh, because I'm just not, as familiar with him as i wish i was so i did not feel um i'd be doing him just if if i was able to draft him so that that's really why i wanted somebody else to take him um i need to really um explore the bruce lee genre uh, a little bit more i'm surprised they have not gotten an autobiographical film off the ground um Mm -hmm. yet uh so maybe because you just can't do him justice maybe that's why Oh, you mean you mean someone playing him? I'm sorry, autobiographical. Biographical. Bruce isn't going to produce and star in this. Biographical. Yeah, yeah. Like a biopic. Yeah. So they have done some of these in the past. Uh, There's one actor that even has a name, like his name is spelled similarly to it, and uh, he played Bruce in a biography sort of documentary on him mm-hmm. there is a, a bruce lee that's lee li instead of ee uh-huh. that is a bruce lee imitator i don't know if he's the one you're mm-hmm. um, this one was thinking L- of. i think he spelled it l-e or l-e-i okay yeah <laughs> there, what's what's funny is there are just so many spellings even for the same actors Yes. When yeah. translating it to English, so their credits might change from year to year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that doesn't happen as much now, but I can imagine, you know, the early 70s when Bruce Lee was making his run of movies, that uh, some of those Hollywood typesetters mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, I know how to spell Lee. Yeah. Let's put this in here. Yeah, Ellis Island <laughs> all over again, man. All right. Well, Michael, who uh, who will you then be taking with the number two pick? So I felt like Bruce should be number one. I feel like that's appropriate. I would have taken him if I had the number one slot. However, I am happy to be in this middle seat because I get to draft my favorite martial artist. And I love Bruce Lee. I think he's the fastest probably i don't know but uh this one he's made my favorite martial arts movies and he seems like just a a wonderful human being which is hard to say about a lot of people uh yeah i got a couple with, of people on my list i'm not too thrilled about <laughs> yeah outside so, the characters <laughs> so i'm going to take uh jackie chan's drunken master there you go straight block for me i'm assuming a block for you paul uh yep yeah that double block so the reason i chose this particular character uh there are a couple movies but it's a unique fighting style Uh, a lot of a lot of the ones you'll see in the movies are kind of a, a straightforward uh either karate or uh wing chun style something the the drunken style is uh definitely unusual and 
I feel like he'll be all loosey-goosey and able to evade attacks. We also know that Jackie Chan is up for any stunts. That's probably what made him uh, my favorite. This is the end credits in most of his movies show all of the insane things that he's done himself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there are horrible failures. (laughs) You see him get horribly (laughs) injured. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. You got more? So the movies that I recalled, I had to I had to look them up on IMDb because I was a child when they came out, but I, I remembered they kind of cemented his character in my mind. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy came out in '97, and then Who Am I came out in '98, same year as Rush Hour, and so all those three right together. Really, mm-hmm. I, something made me think Who Am I was earlier. I, I... So. I watched the trailer and it said from, from the smash hit rush hour, Jackie Chan. And so I looked and they came out the same year. So uh, it might've been made earlier and then released in the U S then because I feel like a lot of movies that he had made previously, he uh, dubbed himself later. Yeah. And brought them stateside. Yeah. Drunken master. uh, One of my favorite uh, just martial arts movies. Um, it is a it is a fantastic film. I think we watched it together, Michael, the first time. We did. Yes. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I thought that was the case. Um, and a character that, as you said, another one that's been retold several times, but I think Jackie Chan's one is my favorite. Um, and I just like, you know, the idea that he's he's just got to go pound a lot of alcohol real quick <laughs> right. because he just he cannot win the fight if he's not. Uh, and then there's there's always... Uh, with this character, there's always the scene where, um, you know, he gets underestimated because someone's like, ah, it's just this old drunk guy. And then he starts bobbing and weaving his way through the fight. And it just lends itself so well to Jackie Chan's martial arts, which his choreography always just utilizes the set mm-hmm. so much more than any other martial artist. So the fact that he can like drunkenly tumble into a table and, you know, be like, oh, there's a bunch of plates I can throw like Frisbees or something like he's always mm-hmm. going to be doing something like that. So uh, it's, it's a good pairing of character with a uh, performer. And I think a, a great character. Well, for a split second, I considered, cause this is one of the few characters where you can choose Jackie Chan mm-hmm. because of the Jackie Chan adventures. And so I debated oh, yeah. for a hot second, <laughs> just take just straight up. <laughs> but I thought, and it's kind of cheap because yeah, that's that's the animation, and so right. he's not really doing any stunts. He's doing just vocal. So work if for you it. did choose him, you'd only get somebody doing vocal work <laughs> in the match. They would just make sounds, and he would talk. destroy you with his voice. <laughs> so uh, I had Jackie. Um, obviously, I don't think anybody on this list has brought East Asian martial arts to American audiences more than Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, um, he's as big as a star here. He's probably a bigger star in China, but it does not get, it does not get more of a global star than Jackie Chan, um, when it comes to Asian actors. So, right. What, um, Yao Ming is the basketball Jackie mm-hmm. Chan is to acting, acting, mm-hmm. not martial arts acting, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I had Jackie Chan Oscar winner. Jackie Chan, by the by the way, right? Honorary Oscar, I think like two years ago or something. 
Um, oh, cool. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a big ceremony. I think like uh, it was Slice Alone who presented it to him. <laughs> um, so um, you talked about a good person. Um, uh, well, I'll just say great talk show host guest. I love yes. it when he was on a talk show host. It was so um, interactive, uh, such high spirits, um, and, and willing to do all sorts of moves right there on the show. So fun to watch him on, on, uh, talk shows, fun to watch his bloopers, fun to watch both his, his, his martial arts bloopers and his comedy bloopers. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a cool thing, I guess it's kind of like pitching where, you know, when the pitcher's about to throw, and uh, right before, right as he starts his wind up, the batter calls time. And so the umpire calls time. And the pitcher usually goes and delivers the pitch because it's unsafe to try and stop in the middle of your wind up. You might, you know, pull a muscle or something. He does the same thing with uh, martial arts. Somebody will say the wrong line and he'll like tell them that's the wrong line and he'll still kick the door down uh, because he's <laughs> still in the motion of doing everything. And so it's like if you stop, you're just kind of putting a, a quick, twerk on your on your muscles so um i actually had uh you know my list is very americanized i'm ashamed to say um i'm just not super well versed in the uh asian released films um Mm -hmm. and you know i we talked about it right before we actually started recording but in this research i actually have something positive to say during this research like i started writing down movies to watch um, mm, which mm-hmm. I don't often do. So uh, I'm really eager to watch some of these movies I've never even heard of. Uh, and, uh, and of course, a, a lot of the ones for these actors that I probably haven't seen. So I actually had Inspector Lee written down because that was really when I got introduced into Jackie Chan. Um, and, uh, and I, thought it, I thought it's a great series, the Rush Hour series, that is. He plays Inspector Lee um, opposite of Chris Tucker. Uh, and, uh, I think it was billed as the fastest hands in the East meets the biggest mouth in the West. Uh, great, great tagline. Great, great tagline. Yep. So, so I had Jackie Chan for inspector Lee, but big Jackie Chan fan. And, uh, and, uh, I'm interested to see what he does in, in later, how that he's in his later mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to go strictly with kind of producing and having like, like, is he going to be like the, the Oscar de la Hoya of like martial arts film where it's just like a Jackie Chan film, but it's not like Jackie's in it. Yeah. Um, his he, his yeah. stunt crew, I think is heavily involved with a lot of the big stuff okay. that's still coming out, but I'm looking at his IMDb now he's been making a lot of Chinese films lately. Uh, he's got one coming out next year called Snafu. And it's uh, him and John Cena are ex-special, for- ex-special forces soldiers who must escort a group of civilians along Baghdad's highway of death to the safety of the green zone. So Go John, John Cena, picture. Jackie Chan taking on Iraq. Is uh, wow. what's next on the agenda? I love it. When I was checking out his IMDb, he he already has sixty four producing credits mm-hmm. and one hundred and forty acting credits. So yeah. he's just been yeah. he's been busy for a long time, and so I don't I don't see him slowing down. But yeah, I definitely see him moving more toward the producing directing. That's another thing that sets him apart is that he's so good at choreography. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's tops on the list for that uh some of these other martial artists they might be good themselves but they're not good at seeing the whole scene and like paul said uh interacting with all the objects that you could yeah he he's uh got 
he's got 18 director credits too i believe oh, nice that. wow yeah so and a heck of a good singer i don't know if you guys have heard him sing yeah he's got a, yeah. He's got a good a good voice uh he's a good singer so he's you know. he's from uh hong kong too uh-huh. as well yep not not uh, mainland china all right, Cameron. Well, which which American do you have up to bat? Oh, you know it. You know it. So yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna just go ahead and asterisk uh, my picks right now. A bit of a, a bit of a whitewashing here going on. Uh, you know, like I said, not super familiar with the East Asian actors. So I'm gonna let my co-host take care of them. I was gonna take Jackie Chan first, so I, I did have him keyed up. Big Jackie Chan, Jackie uh, Chan fan, but Jackie Chan fan, Jackie Chan fan. That's, that's <laughs> Uh, and I do have a couple other um, East Asian actors on here, but I'm going to just go with something, you know, I'm going to go near and dear to the heart here. Um, big fan of this actor, not necessarily the actor, but the actor's characters and the actor's work as an actor, not as his work as other things. Um, and you could say that for other picks I have coming up here, but uh, I think I got into him well there are three things I think um, I can call, you know, a hipster foul, meaning I was there before other people were. Um, the first is Downton Abbey. I was watching that at the end of season one. Uh, you can only watch it in the U.S. like online. You can even watch it anywhere. Um, ranch water. I've been drinking ranch water as long as I've been drinking uh, I did it to save money and to save calories. Uh, I didn't think it was cool, uh, though it is, is cool. That? Yeah. What is ranch water? And ranch water? It's uh, tequila and, and uh, sparkling water or, or uh-huh. club soda and lime. It's all the rage. Okay, so what's like, the opposite of a, what's it's, the opposite it's, it's getting, of a hipster? It's getting, what? I said, so what's the opposite of a hipster? Because that's what I am apparently. <laughs> I was I was not there the, first. The, you, have, <laughs> you just never hear of things <laughs> instead yes. of hearing of them first. I know this this doesn't lend like weight to my argument. <laughs> it, they're bottling it now. It's the next seltzer water. Oh, okay, uh, you can uh, yeah y'all y'all aren't. Oh my goodness, y'all y'all old. Um, yeah, I'm y'all not. old. <laughs> yeah, no man. Um, it's it it really is branded as Topo Chico, but you can use any sparkling water and tequila. Right. Um, so just Google it. Um, those psyches is bottling it now. So, uh, and then the third is long before it was cute and fun to make these jokes. I was a huge fan of Walker, Texas Ranger, specifically, right? Chuck Norris or Chuck Norris, specifically Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, watched this show, um, religiously as a young kid, um, before it even got canceled. Like I was watching it early on. So campy, so cheesy. You do not have to have sight to know what's going on. If you've watched one episode, <laughs> you can just see the fights happening. Every fight ends with a roundhouse kick that they, they play three times. And then the third time you actually see the guy fall after he gets hit. So um, Chuck Norris, right? The, uh, the famous martial artist, a pretty big movie star in the eighties, right? Trying to go toe to toe the 80s and 90s, trying to go toe-to-toe with uh, Sly Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger. Call back to our twin movie draft. Um, I think I had Terminator, no, not Terminator, Rambo and Commando going head-to-head. But the same year was Chuck Norris's Missing in Action. And I thought about throwing that third one in there. It was actually a triplet movie scenario happening in, I want to say, 86. 
Um, so Chuck Norris holding his own against some two Titans there, but I'm taking Walker, Texas Ranger, Cordell Walker, his name. Thank you, Paul. Um, I think it was on USA. I don't know if it started on NBC, but it was on USA for sure. Um, I think it used to air on CBS. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Before it moved to, to USA for syndication. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just hard to watch these days, but you know, back in the early two thousands, the late nineties, boy, I would love to watch me some Walker, Texas Ranger. So uh, I'm taking Cordell Walker by Chuck Norris. Yeah. I remember watching that show with my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now sounds like a show your dad would like. (laughs) I guess. Um, So he kind of rose to fame versus Bruce Lee. Right. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he played the heel in the, in the battle that yeah. got beat. So that was kind of a, a nice spin on things too. He wasn't the white savior in the movie. Yeah. He was actually there to get beat. Yep. Uh, and then that kind of launched his career too, which was yeah. interesting. The, uh, the way of the dragon is what you're the movie you're referring to where mm-hmm. it was a uh, uh, Chuck versus Bruce. And that uh, also a good callback to our Conan episode with the Walker, Good Texas point. Ranger lever. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Jackie Chan also had some memorable interviews with Conan. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Jackie was yeah. great. He was on Conan multiple times. Um, he, I mean, he's been on, a, he, he's on with those more quirky hosts, and he does a lot better with them um, mm-hmm. versus a straight interview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Way. Uh, I, I, I do like Michael. We both were able to spin that back into our picks. So that was good work by us. I was about to say, we talk about, we talk about Jackie Chan here or we talk about Walker. Uh, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chuck, uh, obviously, uh, I, you know, we were in, uh, we were like in college, right? We were undergrads when the Chuck Norris memes became a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, would that be about mm-hmm. the timeline they became popular? Yep. Uh, what is so, this you're talking about? Oh, come on. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. Don't mess with me like that. But for real, I do this to Madeline all the time, and it's not a joke. I just don't know. This uh, one I've heard of. I, okay. I, I, I've heard of? Or, or, or you, you heard of, like, you read it in, like, a historical textbook? I heard about oh you God. kids with your Chuck Norris jokes, your loud music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, you know, one one of the he, he gets kind of boiled down. I feel like to cheesy '80s kind of action. I because mm-hmm. of a lot of the jokes and the stuff like you know, a lot of Walker just didn't age uh, right. to, to the same extent as other yeah. stuff. But um, I think that takes away from how accomplished he was in real life as a martial artist, like the extent to, that he won tournaments and was considered the experts at, at various styles of, of martial arts. Right. Um, uh, was, was incredibly well accomplished in that field and then ended up just by happenstance because of his career boiled down to like, Oh yeah, the, the cheesy Texas uh, show that you could watch reruns of after school mm-hmm. or, or something, mm-hmm. but um, definitely, you know, there's a lot of these shows where they just put a white guy in and they teach him how to, kind of throw a punch a couple of times you know looking at you netflix iron fist uh series uh you know you just kind of try to teach him up the week you're shooting how to do it but chuck norris obviously knew what he was doing 
um, which is probably one of the reasons that his movies and roles, um, you know, carried forward a little more than other generic kind of action stars at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But before we move on to my next pick, right. I just want to say a couple of classic American uh, kind of action martial arts film, right? We talked about the missing and action series. There's three of them. He also had the Delta Force series, which is another great cheesy and crappy action series uh, <laughs> that I, I really enjoy. I think in Delta Force One, like they go to rescue hostages in some Middle Eastern country and they bring in like an assault force of like 40 guys and one guy gets like shot in the shoulder and that's it. So it's just, it's just, it's them just like just wiping the floor with like this army of, of some made up Middle Eastern country. So very, very, very uh, cheesy and campy, but uh, let's not forget one of the greatest meta films of sidekicks where he plays mm-hmm. himself in a fictional setting where a, a kid idolizes him and then meets up with him and they, you know, they do a tournament. That's, that's actually a real cool kind of cult movie that the, the one movie I think of all the Chuck Norris movies, I would encourage people to, to take a look at. Which didn't he, uh, oh, what was it? No, I, I was going to say, wasn't he like producing or directing it? I remember there was, there was a joke. There was some joke we used to make all the time about sidekicks uh, or maybe it was just me and Patrick. Where it was just so it was just so funny that it was like Chuck Norris like made a movie about someone idolizing Chuck Norris. Oh well and- it, it 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 was uh it was uh uh it was directed by his brother. Okay, who, that's who, it. Who yeah. who is like a brother and producer for a lot of his stuff, Aaron Norris. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So the the Norris brothers made mm-hmm. a movie about how awesome one of the Norris brothers yeah. is. <laughs> uh which is, you know. That's uh takes some guts and uh it's it's a pretty funny movie. It so, is uh, yeah. Made 17 million dollars in 1992. So not bad, man. Probably not pretty bad. good. All right. And you now I saw more of at, rather than seeing like Walker in syndication, I think I saw him and Christy Brinkley peddling the total gym more oh, on yeah, television yeah. than anything it, else. You're right. If you were up past like 1 a.m. <laughs> between like the years of 2005 and, and 2012, you saw Chuck Norris working that Bowflex. So that's right. Uh, that's right. For sure. Walker, Texas Ranger back on the air now. Jared Padalecki on. Uh, oh, on I didn't know. Se- There's a, a re, a re, uh, imagine. Yeah. They just series? finished uh, season one. So Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. Supernatural finally ended its run and the CW kept him on. Uh, to play Walker, I have not watched any of it, so I have no idea if it's any good or not. But well, it's on the CW. I, so. I do know uh, it. It had one season, and they renewed it for season two. So, oh. Walker action on the TV again. Does he do martial arts? Uh, I don't think he. I mean, he's done like action stuff, but I don't think I don't think he does a lot of martial arts in the show. I think they. Oh, made it more of a cop procedural kind of thing. I'm just guessing from the promotional materials. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Well, round two then, Cameron. Back okay. to back picks. Who are you going ding, with? Ding. Yeah. So I am going to make sure I'm not completely uh, whitewashed here. So I am going to take a an Asian actor here. Um, but unfortunately, I'm not taking one of his East Asian roles. And I will be taking a very... <laughs> 
Uh, I will be taking from uh, Fast Furious 2, Tokyo Drift. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> no, um, I, am, I am taking uh, Donnie Yen, but as uh, Chirrut Imwe <laughs> from Rogue, Rogue One. Okay. Oh, so, this okay. hurts. This hurts. So I, I figured Donnie was going to go. I, I could, I could, what are you laughing about? Because uh, you had me with the Tokyo Drift thing. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm not that bad, but uh, yeah. So uh, Donnie Yen, big big fan of him. Uh, am I crazy? Is that, or is that not a good looking guy? That, yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Good I mean, looking when guy. it when it comes to like martial arts uh, actors, they're not typically like 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 Donnie Yen could be like a leading guy in like romance movies. He's yeah. a good looking. I feel like guy. he has really clear skin. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, just kind of. A glowing face. Yeah, he looks good, but he fights good too. I think I first saw him in. Is it Eat Pan? Uh, is he in the Eat yeah. Pan series? Is yeah, he's that's, the that's main. Him. That's, that's that's who I was gonna draft. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me no, too, Paul. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no those are those are great movies. I I I I, ru- I watched one and then I rushed out and I bought the at then the DVD of the second one, um, and uh, and I tried to watch the third one, but I swear to God, like it was dubbed. And I just, I wasn't prepared for the dubbing and I just could not get it. I was like, just, I was like, I just want, even the Chinese version was like dubbed. And I was like, I just, I just want the Chinese version. I don't want it. It's the one with Mike Tyson in it. Maybe Mike Tyson insisted on. (laughs) I don't know, but I was like, I like played it in like Cantonese (laughs) and Mandarin and both times the lips would not match up and it was freaking with me. So I just didn't watch it, but um, but I'm going with the kind of an Americanized draft here. So I'm taking uh, Donnie Yen's portrayal in Rogue One, Star Wars, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Chirrut Imwe, if you haven't seen the film, he is a a guardian of the wills, which is kind of a reference callback to early um, um, Star Wars lore. Uh, so he's kind of like a blind monk um, and he fights with a staff and he is, he is brutal. Um, and uh you know, there are times where I'm about to do something that I'm like, this is a bit daring, like trying to like lift something off the top shelf of the garage, like on a rickety ladder and walk it down without asking for anybody's help. And right before I do it, I do say I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And then I try and do it. Uh, and that's a callback to that character. So I'm sure you, Paul, you just seem disgusted right now. Um, <laughs> he just looks so peeved that I picked him from star Wars and not from, um, uh. Uh, it man so but uh but i got donnie on here um yeah i do yeah. think chirrut uh, uh you know not force sensitive but attuned to the force i think he'll do well in a fight so i mean look you know i love star wars but this is our martial arts draft and he's one of the one of the most accomplished like modern actors in and i drafted martial him. Arts so what's the films. problem so what's the problem uh, yeah. He did martial arts in the movie. So what was did a tiny bit in the final battle and once in the town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mind you blind. That's that is true. You can get the other guy. Isn't he a famous actor? (laughs) Wait, which, which other guy? The other guy from star Wars, his buddy. Oh, (laughs) Baze or blaze. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I love rogue one. Um, I think it's one of my favorite of the the more modern Star Wars films. Although uh, uh, looking it up, I you know I just googled it because I wanted to remember how to spell his character's name for our draft board. Uh, you know, on Google where it's like the people also ask if you search Rogue One, 
the questions under people also ask are why is rogue one bad what is the point of rogue one is it worth watching rogue one which it's a good movie. I don't understand I, I like why it. there's so much yeah. negativity coming from Google on this one. Yeah, I don't but know either. Apparently Those are people... also leading questions. Yeah. Right? <laughs> why, right? Why, yeah, is, that's... why is this movie bad? Uh, yeah. So that's, but um, yeah, I mean, he he's in a lot. He's going to be in the next John Wick movie, which I'm very yeah, excited about. I saw that. Uh, I saw him, that. Him being added to that cast. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, I, Mike, it sounds like it wasn't going to get back to me. If Were you going to take him next? uh in this round yeah probably all right because I, I was if, if you hadn't i would have so this is a block uh for both of us on um on it man which are some fantastic films uh he does the fast punch thing kind of like bruce lee and sometimes it's almost comical how many punches uh <laughs> like he'll trip someone up and get like 50 punches in in about three seconds uh, in, in a in a a fun, campy, and and kind of hilarious way, but um, yeah, Donnie Yen hugely accomplished, done a lot of stuff uh, in Chinese films as well as um, American films. Feels like he's starting to show up in more American films uh, recently. So excited to see! Right, you know, he'll be in John Wick. I hope he shows up in a lot more stuff because um, he's definitely uh, good at good at stunt work and good at what he does. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Paul here. Uh, I don't know that this was the best showcasing of his martial arts abilities, but it uh, it's it's nice to see kind of the traditional monk martial artist on our draft list now. Mm-hmm. We've got a monk on here, so that's that's a positive. Yeah, and you know. Um, it, it, I think a lot of people talk about him kind of being trying to break into um, U.S. the uh, movie market, but uh, you know, after the fact, I went back and uh, after Rogue One, I went back and looked, and I didn't know that he was the uh, kind of the bad guy in Shanghai Nights. Huh? I forgot that yeah. was him. Yeah, right. Not the British bad guy who masterminded it, but then like yeah. the 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 Chinese bad guy he that was him Wu Chow apparently um, so that's kind of interesting so um, he maybe he's been in a couple things uh, we've seen that we just weren't uh, weren't aware of huh. interesting well I I would um, like I said I I kind of wrote down cool action scenes for each person I'd recommend from the first It Man movie uh, the one where he fights ten black belts. Uh, simultaneously, which kind of tries to address, you know, everyone always says in Kung Fu movies, there's 30 guys. Why do they run up and attack one at a time? And uh, in that scene, like five guys literally come up and try to punch him at once during the fight. And he's having to deflect multiple punches, you know, like he'll, you know, knock one aside with a fist and then use the elbow to knock another one. So he can keep up with the amount of punches coming in so it's a it's a good scene i'd i'd uh, uh recommend checking that one out all right or just watch the final third of rogue one because it's entertaining and you'll get a tiny bit of martial arts when he uh gets through that door i, I, I actually like the town scene a little bit better for him yeah it's just, it's, like just it's just him it's just him kind of doing his, his own thing for about 45 seconds so mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty cool and that staff I've, anybody anybody with a staff has got my interest mm-hmm. peaked. Yeah. 
we talked about how we're all Donnie's here, Donatello's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're stepping all over my pig, by the way. <laughs> all right. All right, go ahead, Mike. So with my next pick here, I am going to go with a character who in one film became more powerful by destroying other versions of himself. But I'm actually not going to go with that one. I'm going with the actor. (laughs) So I'm going with Jet Li. And I like his character, which is nameless, in Hero. Oh, yeah. This is a gorgeous movie. It's just beautiful. Their use of color in it, it's fantastic. It was one of the artsiest movies I had seen growing up. And it was a martial arts movie. So it kind of did a lot to expand my thinking of what movies could be, what martial arts movies could be. And I just watched a scene prepping for this where he's he's practicing for an attack and they're guessing the distance and he said okay that sounds good he stomps and launches a bowl of water into the air and then he's just flying through the air and his sword's kind of whooshing around you don't know exactly what's happening and then he lands and catches the bowl of water on the sword and then in you know, the best martial arts fashion, you see all the cuts after the fact and everything just collapses around and just kind of showed how masterful he was. So I'm going with nameless here. And uh, I, I don't mind the fantastical martial arts. You were talking about how kind of the supernatural or fantastical mm-hmm can bother you sometimes it does with me but if it's done right and done well i think it's cool when they fly around for a while uh the wire work is really interesting to me that that's not something mm-hmm. that i feel like ever translated to western movies yeah. like that's something right. that uh, it, it's used as a it's used as a joke in western movies if they mm-hmm. use wire work yeah uh, which is unfortunate i like it a lot yeah i uh this is, I, I, I think this I, I'm glad we got Jet on here now. Um, and I'm glad you picked this hero. Uh, I mean, this hero, this <laughs> film hero, uh, mm-hmm. which is a hero of mine, but uh, I have seen this film. It is beautiful. Uh, it's directed by, I had to look him up because I was pretty sure he directed the other film that I was thinking of. So I think his name is Zhang Yimou. At least that's how I'm pronouncing it in English. But um, yeah, it came out in 2002 and then i think in 2003 an equally beautiful film by the same director house of the flying daggers came mm, out mm-hmm. which if you've seen that same great use of color in its uh in its scenery um and so while i don't really have seen a lot of martial arts film i have seen a decent amount of historical asian films which have martial arts involved in them so i have seen those two and other ones other ones like it so i'm, I'm glad you picked this one um i love jet lee i love this movie i think people went into this movie especially american audiences thinking it was going to be like a constant fighting action movie and it's much more philosophical than that uh which really makes it i think a critical success i think i saw that it had 88 percent of run tomatoes it's a great movie 
And uh, I, as I was just reading, it was the first Asian made movie to be number one in the United States. And it held that spot for two weeks. So that wow. you know, it, it takes, it takes more than a movie to do that. You need an actor. So, uh, and you need a character. So uh, Jet Li's nameless uh, certainly sealed the deal there. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Jet's Jet Li's sort of the go-to, uh, you know, it feels like you know, we talked about Jackie Chan hasn't done as much lately. A lot of the stuff he's done has been in China. So I feel like Jet Li has, is doing a lot. Like he was in um, the Mulan movie that just came out. Uh, he's sort of taken that role as go-to martial artist guy in like big productions, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys who regularly get slotted into martial arts roles um, and have kind of followings for what they do. But in terms of like, if you went to the average Hollywood producer who was making like a $400 million movie, and you told them we need a martial artists. Uh, I feel like a lot of them would say, all right, well, let's try Jet Li first. Mm -hmm. And then if he won't do it, maybe then we'll look at these guys that, that aren't really known yet. Um, so uh, yeah, he's definitely would probably top the, the list, I guess, of like popular martial artists today in film. Yeah. I mean, he was included in the all-star roster that is the Expendables movies too. Mm -hmm. so yes, i feel yeah. like that kind of shows where you're at you get to be with all the action stars not just a martial arts cast uh i've got some other facts on him it says he's a former wushu champion who became a national coach while still a schoolboy. this is from uh well i'll <laughs> do i dare give my reference because y'all can google it's from shortlist and uh it says that he was a fighting prodigy and was even asked by President Nixon to be his personal bodyguard. Hmm. How weird is that? Is, does that fit age-wise? That's weird. That's about as weird as uh, Elvis being a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> was that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen that. that picture of Nixon with Elvis? Michael, uh, I figure you would know. That would, like you, that was in your heyday. I didn't have the internet. <laughs> Yeah, Nixon deputized Elvis uh, to like help him fight drugs, I think, ironically enough, and brought him to the White House and he oh, and wore it, 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 his full Elvis outfit Wow! and shook hands with Nixon at the White House. This and is apparently, beautiful. Apparently yeah. it was a movie. Did they make a movie about this event? Uh, it's this? referenced in... Uh, Oh, was it, is it just that? I thought, I mean, I know it's been referenced and stuff. Did they make a whole movie on this? Elvis and Nixon? I don't remember seeing that. Uh, hold on. Let me, Elvis. It's a beautiful photo. Kevin Spacey and Kevin... Michael Shannon. How did I miss this movie? Good God. Uh, probably I remember cause... the poster now that you're, you've got this pulled up. Elvis and Maybe. Nixon. Maybe this hit right around the time we canceled. Uh, oh, that's Kevin probably Spacey. what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and so it was about a year earlier, but yeah, uh, still interesting. Huh. All right. So anyway, nice, Mike. I like I like the pick. I love the movie. So all right, Michael gave me a thumbs up. Michael's really notorious <laughs> for audio uh, visual cues on this audio podcast. There goes I'm a visual artist. Sorry, that's how I communicate <laughs> most of the time. I gotta, I gotta work to use my my words more. 
There goes Cameron taking another one out on Mike. Oh, as, sorry, as Mike, per I'm usual. Ah, oh, dang. Holly's going <laughs> to get upset. You know, I haven't uh, pantomime juggling yet or, or kung <laughs> hey, fu fighting. You, so. I, I, when I lost it on you last week for doing that, that was, that was, that was, I, I, did, I was, that was not wrong of me. That was ridiculous <laughs> what you were doing. That was ridiculous. You uh, juggled for like 20 <laughs> seconds straight. I've missed most of it because in order to finish my point, I had to look away I, from I, the zoom. I couldn't, I couldn't watch your little TV, Paul, because Michael was just like for not. I wanted to win the draft. What can I say? <laughs> Resorting to dirty tactics. Uh, All right. Well, I, I can't take Donnie in here. Uh, I'm gonna stick still nor, with. Nor can you take any uh, Star Wars character. That's <laughs> right. I cannot. Uh, I oddly, I looked up some lists, uh, and people kept putting Darth Maul on like lists that. of fictional martial artists. I, I wouldn't really that. call. I mean, I guess uh, swordsmen get counted as martial artists, so I guess by extension, hmm. he kind not of enough, fits. But I don't think physical it's, combat in that. Movie. No, he just does unnecessary flips, which look cool, but I don't feel like they add a lot to. He did use the force in cool ways. He was just like shooting crap around. You know? Right. I think cool. people just like Darth Maul. So they, <laughs> they put him on the list. Uh, so I, I can't, nor was I planning on uh, going with Darth Maul. I'm going to go with um, a character from uh, what might be one of the more popular, like modern uh, martial arts movies. Um, it's, it was not like as big a hit, but I think people who are into martial arts movies always talk about this one. So I'm going with, uh, Rama, who's the main character from the raid films. Mm -hmm. Um, so the raid is, uh, uh, sort of plays off of, um, uh, you know, everything comes back to Bruce Lee, right? Like it man with Donnie in it man was Bruce Lee's teacher, uh, Bruce Lee popularized the kind of martial arts movie where you have to like go up a tower and fight someone on every level. That's essentially what happens in the raid. Rama is a police officer who's um, fighting his way up an apartment complex. Uh, it was it's clearly was made where they they didn't have a big budget for the movie, um, and so there's a lot of like hallway fights where clearly they use the same set and then they'll add some extra things on the floor or something to indicate that you've gone to another floor up but a lot of the rooms look the same but um there is uh, i mean it was a bunch of oh and i should say the actor is eco um eco wise i'm not sure how to pronounce his name it's an indonesian actor uh who's really rocketed to popularity because of the raid movies he's been in some other stuff uh, he was in um, The Man of Tai Chi, the Keanu Reeves directed movie that I know Michael and I enjoyed when that came out in like the early 2010s, like 2013, I think. Um, but uh, you can tell the entire focus of the raid was to present the martial arts, right? Um, to the point where you can see some production stuff that's kind of funny. Like I was watching a few scenes to refresh myself on YouTube. And I noticed there was one scene where he kicked a guy, the guy fell into the corner and then he turned around and then the next shot, the guy just wasn't in the corner anymore. And so, uh, you know, I feel like they let some of those production errors come in because they were just so focused on the choreography and what looked cool. And it's like beginning to end just awesome martial arts fights uh, and they put Rama in different situations. Like one of the more famous scenes in the first movie is where he's fighting 
the machete gang. So it's him in a hallway versus four guys who all have machetes um, and he's unarmed. Uh, and so he has to, to kind of get through that. Um, if you're going to look up one scene on YouTube, um, the raid two, there's a fight scene that happens in a kitchen. Uh, it's just him one-on-one with another guy. And eventually they both get these little like meat hook things and are fighting to kind of like get mm. in and, and stab the other one uh, with the hook. And it, it gets uh, pretty, pretty brutal by the end, but it just so much action packed into each scene. Um, I will, I will say though, uh, uh, not only did I notice the guy disappearing, but in the machete gang fight, if you watch it on YouTube, there's a part where he grabs a guy by the neck and the guy he's grabbing, I'm, I'm sure they hired him because he's an awesome martial artist and not an actor. So he, he's trying to act distressed that someone has like just hit either side of his neck. And he basically does it just by wobbling his head back and forth and making this like exaggerated. He just goes, Ah, and it's it's it doesn't look pained at all it just looks hilarious but uh there there's some stuff like that because uh they have a lot of people who are like martial arts experts rather than actors but rama the main character handles both regularly and he's already lined up in a bunch of other movies i think you're going to see him in a ton of stuff based solely on the popularity of this franchise yeah before we get boy sorry i had to keep having my mic a little too high here before we get into your uh, pick here, let's just mention that the hardest thing to act is getting assaulted. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's one of the toughest things I think in these films. And it's not their fault. It's just tough to act getting punched uh, yeah. over and over again. It's easy in a film where that's not center stage, like physical uh, combat, but in a movies where they're constantly fighting with each other, that's the worst acting. Cause it's the hardest acting. Uh, so it's interesting to see there's a clear scene there where somebody's just like, I'm getting hit, you know, it's kind of what their, their, their physical body is, is screaming, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, that's definitely something that's gotten better over time. And I, I, I don't know if that's more people have learned to act that stuff a little bit better or directors have just learned how to film stuff so that the angle that's true. Ex- accentuates the action and not the bad yeah. acting or reaction to it. I, I think digital film has helped, right? They don't have the cumbersomeness of um, actual film and there's a finite amount of film and you have to reload and once you're rolling and everything. So I think digital filmmaking, as much as probably Quentin Tarantino doesn't want to hear it, has made it easier for directors to find the right shot, you know, without having to say, well, that we got it close enough. Let's go. But back to your pick. Well, one thing that I've heard in, I guess, comparison of different martial arts movies, if you see them cut away, instead of showing someone punch through, they're not as good at choreography. So if someone's able to actually do the choreography, fake the punch well, and make it look like it landed, and the camera can stay on them the entire time, then it you know, is a much more professional mm-hmm. practiced yeah. uh, stunt team. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of filmmakers, uh, Western filmmakers take the shortcuts and mm. cheap way out and kind yeah. of cut away and do really choppy, you. choppy fight scenes. 
Uh, my uh, so I haven't seen Raid or Raid Two. It is on my list of movies to see. Um, I think I've seen a couple of scenes from Raid Two. I feel like I've ended up going down that rabbit hole. In sorry, I've got tools over here. I'm messing with on my hand in the garage here. Uh, I think I've seen. I've gone down the rabbit hole of watching videos on YouTube of Raid Two because some of the scenes are pretty cool, and I just could not watch them. So, uh, but I, I do need to sit down and watch Raid One. Um, so this this actor Eco Uwais. Is there in? Is he in anything else? Did you mention that that we would that would be available to probably mainstream American uh, audiences? Is it his, not a niche group of so? He he's recently shown up in a couple. Um, uh, he was in the Force Awakens. Uh, I don't think you saw his face. Why didn't you take that pick? A Star Wars pick would be. <laughs> I, I could have. I could have gone Razu Quinn Fee from the Force Awakens. Uh, oh but, well, he was in. He was part of that gang. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was because I remember people were upset because they thought that gang was going to be a big, a little yeah, more, and they just, have a fight scene or something, and they didn't have any. They just walked into the hallway, basically, yeah. Um, but he was in uh, the Snake Eyes, the GI Joe movie that came out recently, and uh, he was in the comedy movie Stuber hmm. uh, <laughs> over the past couple of years. Well, so. In research for this pod, he was in a movie that I tried to watch that I mentioned to y'all before we oh. started recording. And it's called Night Comes for Us. Say it again. The Night Comes for Us is the name of the movie. The Night Comes for Us. And it was so brutal and just gory. <laughs> I could not continue watching. I maybe got 20 minutes in and I was like, nope. That's enough. That's <laughs> enough for this one. Uh, uh, I like the historic martial arts movies that aren't about the gore. It's really rough when people start using blades and other blunt instruments and there's just blood and guts everywhere. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah that's the, definitely. I think we know that's not up your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, the raid has, I mean, the raid has that. Like there's some, there's some brutal deaths in it, but it's not uh it, it's not like a shock kind of film you know one of those mm-hmm. uh i mean there's there's i don't know th- those ones that are made particularly to be gory uh i mean cameron i know you and i both made it not very far into hobo with a shotgun and gave up on it it's a tough it film, just man. too just too much which was a rutger hauer movie mm-hmm. that was just entirely designed shock value for gore i i i can't handle that like if it's like oh i'm just gonna disembowel someone just so i can show it happen right right but uh i mean there's there's some scenes um in in the machete gang fight right in the raid there's a scene where they kick a door down and then he grabs a hold of a guy and jumps backwards so that the guy's neck lands on the broken shards of wood of the door frame which is you you could see how someone could film that with a huge amount of blood and instead you really see a close up of the guy's face and you can tell that he was impaled but they don't you know they don't like linger on it or show it a lot so it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not that over the top but there definitely is some gore in it if like a like a hard kill in a martial arts movie is not your thing the film's not going to be for you but it's not it's not just gutting people left and right to add more blood to it mm-hmm. That's good to know. I am always impressed with directors that can suggest a violent death without really 
showing you too much. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't necessarily need to see it. You know what happened. Yes. Yeah. I did see a, a really quick fight scene with him in a club and he took out like five people single-handedly in a very short fashion. It was uh, pretty, pretty bloody, but uh, very, very effective martial artist. All right, All right Paul. Round, round three here. Hey, let's, let's get it going. <laughs> I feel like Indeed. this one's dragging a little bit. Yeah. And why? Yeah. It should be, I, I, I it think, should be popping. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Don't, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know about you guys. I have not gotten a lot of sleep lately. Will has decided that she needs to wake up at one. And uh, she only calms down if I literally walk her outside. Like she wants to walk outside and look at the stars and then she'll calm down and then she'll come in and spend 30 more minutes falling back asleep. But like that's been our nightly routine lately. So what's your point? You're saying you're going to try and make it to one without going to sleep? No, I'm saying that's why I'm dragging because I'm working on like five hours of sleep a night ex- oh. for an extended period of time. I thought you were all like, no worries, guys. I'm going to be up. No, it's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. No, I'm I making excuses like, for myself. It's what I'm doing. I feel like the night air wakes you up too because it's nice and cool. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And so, so like true. you're getting more awake as you're trying to yeah. put her asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go from uh, a movie with a, a lower budget, like I said, to a movie with a much higher budget here. In fact, a movie that uh, won a Best Picture nomination or was nominated for Best Picture, did not win, nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I'm not going to go with uh, the the main, uh, I guess, the, the the top lead, although there's really dual leads, right? So I'm, I'm going with one of the leads, not the not the the most promoted name at the time, I guess, um, but still someone very famous. Uh, I'm going with um, this character because I wanted some female representation and there's only, there's a couple of really popular options. Uh, there's one that's probably on Cameron's list being the more Americanized Marshall film here. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one on the table, Cameron. Space uh, Jam, you know it. That's, that's right. Here it comes. Lola Bunny, Marshall <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going with uh, Yushi Lian, which is Michelle Yeoh's character in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, so uh, she is a, a couple of things, right? Like um, one, it's it's a fun, we talked about wire action scenes. It's got uh, super fun um, uh, wire fighting in it where they're running across the treetops and stuff. But uh, Yushi Lin is an accomplished um, sword fighter. Right. And I, I have um, a couple of people who primarily fight unarmed on my team. So now I've got a swordsman here. Um, and in terms of fight scenes, there is a scene, you know, in the movie, they're trying to track down someone who's stolen Green Destiny, which is the magical sword that, relong- that belongs to Chow Yun Fat's character. Um, and uh, she chases down the thief, and the two of them have a fight where. Uh, Michelle Yeoh's character is the better fighter, so she should be winning the fight, but Green Destiny shatters any other sword 
And so the thief just keeps breaking swords while she's trying to fight back, right? So she's the better fighter, but at a disadvantage because of the power of the Green Destiny, which kind of makes for an interesting dynamic um, in the fight scene. But it's a really good fight scene. Um, and the character is, uh, you know, like one of the best swordsmen in the world in the film. So very well accomplished. Uh, since we're drafting the character, right, the character is... Uh, uh, extremely good at fighting. And like I said, I wanted, uh, I wanted a female on my team. So I didn't have just a bunch of uh, bros punching people. So you shoo Leanne. She was on my list, Paul. And, you know, for the same reason, we got to have some representation here. Yeah, I, I didn't have, I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen this film. It has literally been one of, it's one of the oldest films on my film bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started listing movies that I need to watch, um, this was one of the first movies my family bought a DVD of. Uh, I think it was like this movie and like U571 and Gladiator. I don't know why, but I, I never watched it. I never watched it, even though it's it, it's something I would definitely be into. Um, so uh, I, 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 and I, I don't know her from anything other than Star Trek Discovery, which actually she's really good in. Uh, especially in season two. So she's got some good fight scenes in there as well. And she plays a really interesting character over the course of the, the, the show. But uh, I don't want to take it in that direction, but um, I, I, I have no doubt that uh, she has good work in the character itself as the, the great. So she's the greatest swords person. Uh, I don't know if she's like the the best swordsman in the in, I don't remember, but she and Chai and Fat's characters are both like mm-hmm. two of the best swordsmen in the world. Okay. Yeah, I I was also leaning toward this particular character for her. Mm-hmm. Although she, like Jackie Chan, has a huge long list of movies to choose yep. from. Yep. And some with Jackie Chan. So <laughs> I also liked the the super cop, I think it was series um and thought that was a neat role and then she was in the western movie a james bond movie tomorrow never dies that was her yeah oh i did not know that okay yeah yeah so she's she's uh, an asian martial artist who has broken through to the western movie scene you know i haven't watched that movie in at least a decade, is it still bad? Or the Pierce Brosnan ones are pretty hard to watch. Yeah, I know that one has Jonathan Price, so it's got a great cast. Uh, yeah, as they all they typically always have a good cast, to be honest, though. But yeah, yeah, call back to our James Bond episode. I think we all mentioned then we like Pierce Brosnan, his movies were just so caught up in the 90s kind of mm-hmm. action stuff that they just have not held up at all it'd be it'd be nice if he had gotten a few in that weren't so insane <laughs> i will always have a special place in my heart for goldeneye though because mm-hmm. i played that video game so much yeah and I, I mean i think that's one of the ones that holds up yeah that um, that's a, that's a decent bond film there's yeah. no doubt about it that one that one's a, a has definite rewatchability but what sean bean movie does it <laughs> that's right that's right all right well, Mike, you get your third pick here then. So I got to look up the name of my character real quick. I've got the actor, but I didn't have the character name queued up. Sorry. Give us the actor and we will pick the character. So it's actually an action. The name of the character is an action 
that I like to do. Okay. Uh, Draw. Run. Um, it's it's Sing. Sing is the name of this character. Yeah, gotcha. And draw. <laughs> right? draw, that's a, draw young that's a, fat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I was told as a child. What? <laughs> were you a chubby Never kid, mind. Michael? Were you were you a chubby kid? Well, no, no, I, I just had baby fat. That's that's one that where you put the comma matters. Like draw young <laughs> fat. Draw young fat. There's a big difference. <laughs> uh, so okay, tell us about Sing. I I have uh, mentioned this movie on the pod. I think multiple times by now, but I'm taking the main character from Kung Fu Hustle. This is just one of the campiest, goofy martial arts movies I've ever come across. Stephen Chow is a genius. He's brilliant. And uh, I just feel like the comedy still works, even with terrible CG. I've watched this in the past year and I still (laughs) think it holds up. it's just one of the greatest kind of revealing, I guess, of, of the hero. Cause he's just this loser gangster wannabe and he gets beat to a pulp and uh, is almost dead. And then it's one of, I, I feel like this happens in some other movies, but it unlocks his chi basically and reveals his true power and he's the one. And so he's, he's studied this, uh, this martial arts style in the movie. And I believe it's the Buddhist palm is the manual that he bought. He thought he was getting ripped off because, because he, he practiced it and, then he got beat up and he was never really good in his mind at martial arts. But then we go to the final battle and he knows what to do. And it's just, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah. We, this one came up in the musical uh, remake mm. a movie as a musical ah, uh, yeah. episode. Um, and as I said, then, yeah, I, I also enjoy this movie greatly. Um, and, uh, you know, you say like it has cheesy CGI and stuff. I think the great thing about this movie is that, or, or just Kung Fu Hustle in general, is because it's so over the top comedic, it's going for campiness and, and like mm-hmm. zaniness that the the bad CG will, ne- no matter how bad it looks in retrospect, because things get better, it doesn't matter for this movie, because then it's just like a joke that it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah um the, this one is uh this is this is one of my favorite uh uh comedy movies to watch love it so much and i i think his villain that he's facing off with the beast is an unusual character too and uh the fighting style is like a bullfrog <laughs> i feel like you don't see that particular fighting style in any other any other movie yeah i haven't seen this one um so i know it's a must watch it's it's goofy it's it's a slapstick kind of comedy yeah i I need to watch shaolin soccer that's his other big one Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Cameron, yeah. I don't know if it would be up your alley as no. much. Uh, I think you should give it a shot, but um, I don't know. You might come back so, and like, be like a little too slapstick, a little too zany for mm, for Cameron's mm-hmm. style. So when you say give it like to take a shot before I watch it, is that what you're saying? Yes. Give yeah. give but it that, a couple shots. Yeah. A couple shots. Mm-hmm. Take take some of the what was it the the uh, <laughs> Topo Chico the, the ranch water. Topo, ranch, the I was ranch gonna water? say I was gonna say pond water, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> drink, take a shot of pond water right at a time. Uh, sounds insulting. That's what I drink. <laughs> that's what I call my Arnold Palmer because it always looked like pond water to me. All uh, right. Well, all right. I've got a martial arts and a dance together here. Kung Fu that's right. There you go. There you go. A hustle. That's one of one of the uh one of the dance styles me and Holly learned when we were taking a dance lesson. Mm, nice. It's probably the, the most that's the funnest. It's the best intersection of fun and easy to learn. Uh, mm. so that's why we like it. You know, I'm not a coach, but this is probably one of the actions that I tell students to do more than anything else. Because they'll ask, they'll ask if they can go somewhere and I'll tell them, hustle. Really? Yeah, hustle. every day. Every day. <laughs> okay, you're right. That's interesting. All right. Cameron's up here. Uh, all right, I'm going to take him because I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you guys will take him, but I, I just might as well take him. Um, so I got a pretty thin draft as it is. Of course, I'm only taking... Uh, characters that I'm decently or pretty well versed in. So that's why I'm not able to dive into a lot of these uh, more East Asian characters and actors. So I'm going to go with a surprisingly good character from a surprisingly good franchise. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm going to go with John Wick. I'm going to go with Neo. No, John Wick. Uh, uh, Keanu Reeves Keanu is John Reeves, Wick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, John Wick played by Neo, um, but uh, John Wick, uh, what a great series that really came out of nowhere. Um, it filled a kind of a void of a type of an action movie that we had not really seen too much on a large scale. And I think everybody really liked it. I really liked it. That uh, what do they call it? That gun, 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 foo, right. Gun with foo. The, mm-hmm. Right. That, fighting along with with guns and you know yeah. a pistol gun, and uh, gun kata if you're a fan of equilibrium ah yeah oh that's a real thing in equilibrium right that's yes what they call yeah it, that's what they kata. call it in the movie yeah. yeah yeah oh there's another white guy i could draft <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> i thought he was on your list <laughs> <Who is> that? <laughs> I no idea what his character's name is is that but it's got some good action scenes white guys are all over this draft um uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, John Wick, good character as well, right? A quiet, humble character, which is kind of the epitome of a martial arts character. Um, but he kind of puts a nice modern spin on that former assassin hitman kind of guy out of retirement for personal reasons. And boy, he just has his way with people the way he, he is able to fight, um, as well as just be like an overall combat type of a person. Like he's shooting people, you know, one shot here. He's turning corners and shooting. So I was a little concerned he wouldn't be that well in a dojo fight because he's a little more kind of whatever, Navy SEAL-ish, not so much kind of like 
purely hand-to-hand combat let's go but uh, i am familiar with him so i kind of have to take him uh, and i figure it would it had a good shot of, of taking it off somebody's board either john wick or, or neo uh, yeah. but i'm gonna go with uh, john wick yeah if you take uh i mean if you look at, at john wick three i'm thinking specifically when he's like escaping new york right uh, and he's having to like scrounge together and he goes into the antique weapons museum and he he builds the pistol to get one shot out and then it's just the extended knife throwing scene like he's clearly a scrappy survivalist kind of guy and mm-hmm. so i feel like he'll adapt to whatever situation you put him in uh and you see the behind the scenes uh, from when he, from where he was raised, um, in John Wick three, I feel like he probably had to do a lot of sparring, uh, growing up. So I, I think he'd be pretty comfortable, uh, in, in the role, but yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I immediately leaned, uh, a lot of the Asian actors, uh, in my list, but Keanu was definitely on the list. I've been watching a lot of matrix stuff lately. Cause we just passed like the anniversary of the first matrix film pretty recently, like the 20 year anniversary and matrix four coming out. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of that. I, I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time. Elena's never seen it. So we keep waiting for a time when both of us mm-hmm. can just sit down um, and she can watch it. But fun, fun fact with the first matrix movie, if you, if you watch that film and think that Keanu looks a little stiff in all the fight scenes, uh, that's because he had just had like a traumatic neck injury when they started training for the film. So he did most of his training with a huge neck brace on. And so he doesn't swivel his head when he does moves because he just built up the muscle memory with, uh, with a neck brace on. And it's Which- also in the first matrix film. Okay. Okay. And it's also why he doesn't do a lot of kicks in that movie. Cause he couldn't put too much pressure on his neck. So it's, primarily he does punching uh stuff they had to like work around his injury but um yeah uh, uh he he's done a lot i mentioned man of tai chi um, which he produced himself he's a big fan of all these martial arts kung fu movies uh, so i think he fits nicely here i think that you went the right direction you had matrix also to choose from but i i think his john wick character even though like paul said it's more scrappy fighting style i feel like it's uh more realistic if you were to watch an actual martial arts battle mm-hmm. like a competition you know not something that's choreographed even though the movies are beautifully choreographed and uh, you do get to see him do a lot of hand-to-hand and uh blade weapon fights uh, as well as the use of the gun i feel like in matrix they were super gun heavy first movie uh a little bit less so as he became the one yeah it's also just fun to see an older because i mean he's in his 50s now doing these action movies that are intense so it's kind of fun to see (laughs) him actually just try to jog along and 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 do all this stuff yeah i I actually I actually had a problem with the third one. I, I thought there were some clear indications that his opponents were moving much faster than him. And mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know if it can be masked with filming or if they did the best they could, but his age is, is clearly catching up to him. So I don't know if they kind of need to retool the kind of scenes they're going to be shooting or whatnot. But I found some scenes where 
I mean, the guys were just moving so fast and waiting for him to move to counter and stuff like that. Um, but it was all in good fun. So, yeah, he, I think he has done it better than, um, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking. Uh, Liam Neeson. Texas Ranger. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say oh, yeah. Liam Neeson who did the first taken movie, which he looked great in that one. And then I think quickly aged more from, from where he was at that point to where now they're putting him in all these taken style, like spinoff kind of movies yeah, um, that are similar, like action movies. And he, he rapidly looked less convincing in them uh, after yeah. just a few years post taken. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think Keanu still, still mostly pulls it off. All right. Well, uh, that, that takes us through three rounds. Why don't we do our recap here and then round it out? Hey, let me go first so I can go and then go get another glass of wine while you guys read. <laughs> All right. You, you uh, kick us off then. All right. So on Cameron's um, squad here, we've got Cordell Walker from Walker, Texas Ranger, Chirrut Imway from the Guardians of the Whales of Rogue One, and John Wick from the John Wick series. All right. Now we will slowly recap our teams since since Cameron has to make the next pick when he gets. Or do we go quick and we auto draft the worst kung fu artist for him? Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Can we just uh, pause right here? Uh, we could. Why don't we do our recaps real quick and then I'll pause it if he's not back. Okay. All right. So All right. so so my team here. Uh, I've got. Uh, the legend himself, Bruce Lee, uh, as Kato from the Green Hornet series. I've got Rama from the Raid series, and then Yushu Lian from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Michael here, and I've got Wong Fei Hung, played by Jackie Chan, who is the drunken master. I've got the nameless hero, played by Jet Li, and Sing, played by Stephen Chow from Kung Fu Hustle. Wow, that's it? Paul, how long did you take? Two, two years. We, we chatted a bit about how oh, okay. uh, if we made it through before you got back, should we auto-draft like a, just you just have a terrible fighter when you Who get back. Uh, What's a bad fighter? Uh, I, don't, I mean, there's gotta be some people who are known as being uh, bad fighters in movies, but the only one that's coming to mind is uh, glass joe from the old mike tyson punch out video games <laughs> who was the, <laughs> the first guy who went down in one punch uh who was like the tutorial it's not <laughs> the a fight. it's not a good nickname for a boxer <laughs> glass joe. Uh, all right kick, kick us off for the third round here yeah i'm gonna go ahead and take her because i don't think you guys are gonna probably take my last pick i would be really insulted uh if you did so I'm going to go with uh, The Bride, right, from Kill Bill. So I am going to get some double X chromosome on my team. Got to. Uh, but uh, Kill Bill, interesting series. I think I was so conditioned to expect threes. Um, I was really confused when it ended after the second <laughs> movie. I, I was sure they were going to make a trilogy. Uh, so that was a little bit uh, puzzling to me. But um Tarantino, probably one of my least favorite Tarantino movies, uh, uh, both of them. Uh, just not quite what I'm looking for for Tarantino, but good nonetheless. Interesting setup, interesting characters. Uh, I, I like how they're rarely together, her 
her battles are one-on-one. -on -one, so that's very, uh, that's very martial artsy. Uh, she's just moving from one level to the next metaphorically, uh, seeking her revenge for the hit that they put out on her. Uh, so of course, played by, uh, Uma Thurman, uh, the, the character is unnamed, but they call her the bride because she was, um, attempted to be killed on her wedding day. Um, so yeah, pretty good with a sword. She has a Hattori Hanzo sword, uh, pretty good with just, um, general hand-to-hand -hand combat. So I think she'll fail, fare, fare pretty well on our team. So Hattori Hanzo is played by Sonny Chiba. He just passed away uh, on August 19th. Hmm. He's 82. But uh, this, is, this is a great pick. I considered it. I feel like this is, I know it's a Western character, but you get to see her kind of learn under a master. Uh, what you know? What I think, um, obviously, both Kill Bill movies are uh, playing off of a lot of the other martial arts kind of movies that we're talking about here, like the Bruce Lee movies and things like that. Uh, I think the thing it does uh, really well um, that you know martial arts movies are kind of known for is having a good cast for the antagonists as well. Um, if you're going to have them go through multiple battles like you said right she's doing these one-on-one -on -one battles it gives you the opportunities to come up with really interesting characters for each of those fights um so you don't want to fall into this trap where you just have somebody who's good at martial arts at every stop so they they all have colorful costumes and like kind of iconic scenery around them when she she approaches them for the fight in a way that um i think uh, tarantino goes, does a good job of kind of accentuating in the film. Um, and so that's, that's uh, a great thing with, with this compared to other genres of movies where sometimes the people you're fighting are just kind of faceless and boring. And this is something that I was alluding to earlier when we were discussing Bruce Lee, her yellow tracksuit with the, with mm -hmm. the black stripe is a reference to his character. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When he was fighting uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> What yeah. Star Wars movie was that? Uh, that would be in Return of the Jedi. You don't remember? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. the Ewoks. Yes, and then Kareem, <laughs> and then Kareem, Kareem shows up. Kareem the Ewok. He's the he's tallest, place. He's the tallest place. Ewok. In the... <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I think everybody's seen it. Probably most people listen to the pod. Yeah. So, um, nothing more to be said there. So, go ahead, Michael. Number four. So I was actually debating, and you kind of helped me make my decision for me here, which movie to take or which character to take this particular actress. And so now mm -hmm. I only have one choice. I'm going with The Viper, played by Lucy Liu. Yeah. From Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I was so, going to... So not, not Lucy Liu from uh, Charlie's Angels. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> good then drew barrymore is still up for grabs <laughs> and and cameron diaz right That's and the other bill angel. murray <laughs> there you go so uh the kung fu panda movies are pretty great i i enjoy them and uh fun and silly each character has their own fighting style a lot of the the martial arts styles reference animals like you might have the uh, crane pose or the the mantis so 
I, they get to reference a lot of different styles with the characters that they've animated here. And uh, so she's a viper. I feel like that will be someone that's hard to pin down, very slippery. And then uh, once they get in, uh, strike fast. My other option was Oren Ishii from Kill Bill. Okay, I like this pick. Yeah, I, I do like Kung Fu Panda, that series as well. So I think that's a good a good dip in the animation. Um, should be interesting in a real world dojo, but uh, we'll see what happens. And Lucy Liu's great too. Um, just just yeah. one of my other characters whips out, uh, like pulls the viper out of a jar and flings him at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I do think, Mike, fitting that you got the animated movie, movie out of the two options, right? That's one of our running trends is that uh, you tend to, to get an animated one in there. Uh, and I and I, I out animated you in the the musician draft. So uh, good to good to see you get back on the horse here in the martial artists. Well, with this one, I honestly. I debated whether or not to go full anime, <laughs> you know, there's enough, there's enough ones out there. I could have had all five, but I like to see the live action. I like to see people doing their thing that are actually physically fit and uh, put in the time to mm-hmm. study their martial art. Although, you know, animating is hard too. They still have to study those people to, yes, in yeah. order to animate it well. That is true. That is true. All right. Paul, give us your fourth. Yeah, quit quit dragging, Paul. Come on. All right. Well, uh, we referenced it earlier, Cameron. You kind of joked about it, but it it was on my list uh, and uh, has made its way to the top of my list at this point. I'm going Donatello. Uh, I wanted to get a Ninja Turtle in here. Um, I thought about doing it earlier because I thought a Ninja Turtle might come off of the board uh, before we got down here to the end. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, of the Ninja Turtles, uh, we've discussed it before. Uh, Donatello was always my favorite, especially going back to the Turtles in Time video game because the bow staff just had a longer reach than any of the other characters in the game. Uh, but I also like that he, you know, does the, the, does the, does the martial arts fighting, the karate and stuff, but also is, um, uh, also is, uh, a scientist that comes up with inventions. So he could make an awesome car for Cato to drive. So they're a good pairing together on my team here. So I'm going to go Donatello. I like it. I like it. We did joke about it, but it's a good pick. If you're going to pick a turtle, you got to go with Donatello. It's he's the most martial arts esque um, of the of the characters. What do you say this, Paul? When we go into the dojo, there's only one staff in there, and uh, him and uh, Chirrut. Oh my god! First one to get it gets to use it. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so. You know, you you were talking about uh, people kind of going head to head. I do like that. Um, you know, that's one, another thing martial arts movies will kind of do is have people who have similar uh, fighting styles or something go up against each other. So at some point, Donatello and Chirrut are going to end up squaring off, right? Like that's just, that's got to be a part of our what's on draft martial arts movie. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so and who I, are, <laughs> who are I, yeah, the I, drunkest characters on your teams? 
<laughs> that's what uh, I want to know. Well, the bride woke up from a coma, so maybe right after the coma. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot of drinkers on my list. I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, for me, the the 80s, early 90s cartoon was the ultimate Ninja Turtles. The theme song, right, is, is uh, one of the greatest things about it. Uh, I've got to rule out an actor here, though. I don't know who voiced Donatello in, in the old cartoons. Uh, I do know Corey Feldman voiced him in the live action movies that I also enjoyed greatly. So I guess I'm taking Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more Corey Feldman picks Damn. from anyone. Damn. There goes my pick. That blows Damn. like all of the eighties. That's right. <laughs> wow. Can't choose the little known martial arts movie. Stand by me. That's right. <laughs> there goes my Will Wheaton pick. Dang. <laughs> Oh man. So right. Paul, in my mind, <laughs> you picked Leonardo, right? Because this is the most inappropriately named turtle of all of them. This should have been Leonardo after Da Vinci. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't understand what Eastman and Laird were thinking when they <laughs> named them. Wait, say that again. What, what so Donatello's the inventor. That should uh-huh. have been Leonardo. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're Donatello right. was so, uh, a wasn't sculptor. A big... I wasn't a big turtles guy. So what do the other three do? I mean, is he, is he none of the other turbine? three are inventors. So, I mean, yeah, they, you could have, you could have spaced them out. Yeah. Le- I feel Leo's, like Leo's the leader. Raphael is, is angry and the most intense when it comes to like fighting. And then Mikey is the one who's like jokes and lightens the mood. Basically. From what I've heard, Michelangelo, the artist was, kind of an angry diva and uh, didn't get along with the people in the church that commissioned him. Well, yeah. Mike, I mean, that's, that's all artists to be honest. Well, but there's uh, if, if you're going with angry turtle, he maybe should have been Raph, Raph's mm-hmm. character. Well, there you go. I think it would be appropriate for y'all to make another iteration, but just switch the names around. Yeah. And then That'll just claim help. it That'll as our everybody own. out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, all some, right. Some so let's artist keep it, keep it, turtle it, talk here. Artist turtle talk. Turtle talk. Now there's a little segment. Nice little oh, ration. Man, that's right. Which turtle which turtle talk. should Mandy Patinkin play? There's our Mandy minute <laughs> for the episode. Uh, <laughs> our, I feel our like episode Mandy's is, a Donnie. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah, I he uh, uh, gentle, inventive. I, I don't think he'd be. I don't know. He was the leader for a while in Criminal Minds, but then he quit. Couldn't handle it. So. Yeah, maybe I a think Donnie. after a couple years, our, we should just do an episode of all the fake segments that we have <laughs> talked about <laughs> over the years. Uh, just a, a, nothing but segments. We can draft oh, our own segments. There you go. There you go. Now we need to just be like cataloging them. Well, yeah. <laughs> just like that. you did with the Conan, you know, we can draft our, our, our best bits. fake segments. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Paul, wrap, wrap your team up here. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple options. Yeah, I can't um, believe we're down to one pick. This is awful. Yeah. Oh, I I should also say I I just I, I meant to add in the last pick. Um, I I do want to see specifically John Wick's reaction when Donatello steps in because I feel like especially by the end of John Wick three, he would see a giant turtle, uh, a humanoid turtle, just come out of the shadows and be like. 
all right, I guess this is what's next. Just, you're, you're just, next, huh? just resign yeah. to handle whatever insanity <laughs> happens. Uh, whereas, I don't know, Singh is Singh is going to freak out the most, I feel like. Uh, he's going to be the, the most animated in his uh, uh, reaction to Donatella. Uh, you'd think that Viper would be the most animated, but yeah, you're right. All right, I've I've got uh, several options here that I like. I think I'm gonna actually stick with an animated character again, uh, and I'm gonna go with this character because uh, he is a a big fan of Bruce Lee, uh, someone who I've been watching recently. As I mentioned in the last episode, I've been making my way through Cowboy Bebop. I'm gonna go Spike Spiegel who is seen uh, throughout the series practicing Jeet Kune Do and specifically is extremely passionate about, about Bruce Lee um, and sort of models his uh, philosophies and fighting style after Bruce Lee in the show. So Spike, um, I like Spike as a counter to the uh, John Wick, to the drunken master uh, kind of character who I feel like are they're going to be kind of your scrappy fighters right you're really determined fighters maybe not ones that do as much straight sparring so spike being a bounty hunter chasing down criminals adapting to the situation he's in constantly um you know in the first episode uh there's multiple people kind of tracking down the person he's hunting down so he's dealing with like a car showing up and and jumping out and shooting machine guns while he's trying to have a karate fight with with someone so um, he, he's adapting to a lot of those kind of situations. So I am going to go Spike Spiegel, um, who is animated, but, um, according to the creators of the anime is supposed to be, um, uh, sort of Asian, uh, Asian nationality within the, within the world of Cowboy Bebop, which humanity has expanded outside of earth. So it's not quite the same countries as, uh, we have now but um yeah spike spiegel we talked about in the last episode i have not seen cowboy bebop so don't have much to go off here uh interested for the live action version michael concerned and whatnot but uh so i'll let you guys discuss spike yeah the future might not look kindly on this pick depending on how the live action movie turns out paul harsh harsh (laughs) Uh, uh yeah again i'm i'm taking specifically the anime version okay uh, <laughs> um uh i don't know i again he's an awesome pilot as well so he and kate kato will probably get along talking about uh, uh, uh driving and things like that i guess a little team chemistry there but um i i like again he, he's modeled after bruce lee he's always doing awesome flips and stuff in in the fights they do in the show um and he's super clever right like that's his thing he's always uh tricking people or um you know there's a time he like uh stumbles into someone to like steal stuff out of their pockets things like that 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 kind of classic uh uh character kind of stuff but um yeah again i've I've been watching it recently so it's probably on my mind and i felt like a lot of the other characters i had on my list were just like generic good fighters and spike specifically in the anime 
trains in martial arts, is a fan of Bruce Lee. So because he's more in that realm of like classic martial arts movies, um, I felt like that was a good fit compared to the other names I had written down. It's been years since I've actually watched the show. So I remember a lot more gunfighting than like hand-to-hand combat, but I'll mm-hmm. have to definitely go back and watch some of the choreographed fight scenes that they do. They're, they're fun. There's a big, there's an extended one in like a cafe in the first episode. That's pretty good. Um, and that's how he relaxes on the ship is like doing martial arts training. So there's a lot of montages of him back on the ship training um throughout the show to like bookend episodes and things i feel like they put together a really neat crew of people mm-hmm. to travel travel around space together you guys talking about rogue one uh, always i'm always yeah. talking about yeah rogue i'm one. down i'm down if you like rogue one you'll probably like cowboy bebop that's true they have some similarities okay all right i'm good all right mike i'm in Let's round it out here for you too. Man, this one is difficult for me because I've got I've got a lot of different martial artists left on my list and I don't know which one's going to be the best person to round out my team. I think I'm going to go with one from my one of my favorite movies to watch. I've I've watched this probably 5 times at least. And uh, it's not that old. Paul mentioned it earlier and guessed that it came out in 2013. I'm going to check on that. But uh, I'm going with Tiger Chin from Man of Tai Chi. I love this movie because he starts out as a very innocent delivery boy person. Like that's his job. He just delivers packages. He does Tai Chi. He's a dutiful son. And then Keanu Reeves sees him and uh, he's competing in this tournament and he does well. People don't think of Tai Chi as being useful for fighting and yet he wins at the tournaments. And so they try to convince him to come fight in their underground uh, fighting club and fight people that are doing all these different styles. And that's what I really enjoy seeing is his Tai Chi style versus all these other different martial arts styles. We get to see a lot of character growth in him throughout the movie. He does start to kind of enjoy the fighting more than anything else. and gets a little bit aggressive. And there's this amazing battle between it. It's hard to even call it a battle, but it's between him and his master and the master doesn't want to fight. And so he's just kind of, dodging all of his blows and everything and then eventually he just has to stop things and uh, does so very handily but he grows and sees that what he was doing wasn't right he doesn't want to actually kill anyone and he ends up having to fight Keanu Reeves character and Keanu is nuts and he's like you're going to kill someone like you need to, I want you to kill someone. And we see him kind of master this uh, basically five finger death punch. And it's, it's awesome. I think they used the wires in order to do it. 
and they did it really well. It looks, it looks like uh, Bruce Lee's one inch punch where you just see the, the force of the blow. And then it's that delayed reaction, like I mentioned with Hero earlier, uh, where it takes a second to sink in and then you're like, oh man, yeah, that was serious. Yeah, Man of Tai Chi, directed by Keanu. Um, I don't know if he's directed it. I think that's his only directing credit. Um, and stars, but, stars your pick, Paul. Stars Eco What's his yes, name? Eco yeah, Yes, Yes, so he he's in it. The first movie with three of the picks on the board, all in one film. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, the uh, Tiger Chin, who plays Tiger Chin in the movie, uh, was in John Wick 3 as a triad mm-hmm. member. So, um, yeah, uh, he's, he's all over the place here. But, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you can tell Keanu loves, again, all these movies we've been talking about. And this is his kind of homage to that. Um, and that it is everyone has their style that they bring to, to the fight. Right. It's very, um, uh, very similar to the Ip Man story or a lot of the Bruce Lee stuff in that regard. And um, it is it is fun. And of course, like all good Kung Fu movies, uh, the more defensive style of Kung Fu is in the Tai Chi is upheld as uh, the more noble way in the end to, to go about. Uh, being a being a martial arts master, but it's good. It's got a lot of good scenes. I haven't watched it in a while. I need to rewatch it. It's been it's been um, since close to the time it came out that I've watched it. But it was a lot of fun. I don't think it got a lot of traction when it came out, but I wish it had because um, I think it was a pretty entertaining movie. I don't know what this total is from, but it says box office is five point five million. Yeah, and I I don't even know if it had a theatrical release. Like I think mm-hmm. we just, I think it just came out on video and we rented it at the time. I don't remember. Um, I just heard about it because I saw Keanu doing some interviews on late night or something about it, where he talked mm. about how fun it was to make. Um, so I wanted to check it out, but. Yeah. I really like Tiger as the lead too, because he, he doesn't feel like your typical lead with like a real big square jaw or anything for an action movie yeah Uh, but the fighting is serious and he's got the physique he's really muscular uh it just it doesn't have the same effect as some of the other picks that we have like bruce lee has a real square face i don't know he looks Mm -hmm. like an actor he always did (laughs) all right well cameron you get the uh the last pick here all right what do you think the odds are that i'm going to take somebody that y'all have on your 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 short list over there (laughs) not very high probably uh so yeah i'm going to go with another white guy uh because that's what i know this is probably the person i like the delta between how much i like their movies and how much i don't like them is pretty high so uh, I'm just going to get out there and say that not really into this person as a human being outside of their um, artistic work. Um, so I'm going to go straight into it. I am taking, I believe it's Casey Ryback, which of course is the uh, former Navy SEAL from Under Siege. I'm taking Steven Seagal's 
Under Siege character, Casey Ryback. Uh, two Under Siege movies that he was in, Under Siege and Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Uh, the first, of course, the better one. Great movie. Really just a good, fun movie if you haven't seen Under Siege. Interesting premise. The character is a former Navy SEAL who now is just a cook on a naval uh, destroyer, I think. And uh, terrorists led by Tommy Lee Jones and what's his name? The crazy actor. Um, blonde hair. Was in Rookie of the Year. Uh, uh, it is Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones and Gary Busey take over the destroyer, kill the captain, and uh, and uh, and they're about to like take all these nuclear weapons or something. And uh, literally, they know that the the cook is a former Navy SEAL, and he takes back the boat pretty much single handedly. Um, so that's that's Casey Ryback. Uh, it, it's Steven Seagal, who's who's kind of a master, was a master in um, Aikido, uh, you know, the Japanese form. So um, I've always been a big fan of his movies. I mean, he had a run there um, from the early '90s to the. Yeah, okay, maybe late '90s to, to to late '80s to the early '90s, where he was just lights out. If you haven't seen any of these, Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Out for Justice, Under Siege, On Deadly Ground, uh, Fire Down Below, and The Patriot. That's about when his run ended, and he started to get into those real cheap red box movies that you see now, um, where he's clearly like 280 pounds and still pretending like he can like move around fast. Pretty, pretty disappointing from there on. But early Steven Seagal, really good stuff. Really good charisma on camera. Plays a really good tough guy. From what I understand, impossible to work with. Just not a good actor from a professional standpoint. Um, that, in addition to all his weird stuff he does now personally, he had that weird law, uh, like police officer show where he pretended to be a cop with real cops. And then I think he went to Russia for a little bit um, and was like palling around with Putin. Or maybe he went to yeah. North Korea. I don't remember, but just just a weird guy. Like probably the biggest American name that is not and will not be in the Expendables because I'm sure nobody likes this guy. Um, but his character's, Pretty cool, especially the early ones, especially Casey Ryback uh, from Under Siege. Uh, interesting knife fight with Tommy Lee Jones too at the uh, at the end of that movie. That's kind of cool. So, yeah, I love his big goofy chef hat. He has the very like stereotypical like you know mm-hmm. big French chef hat. Yeah, uh, in, in the film. Um, yeah, this is so of the actors we've drafted. Uh, this actor will, uh, Steven Seagal will definitely have the highest opinion of his own ability. Yeah. <laughs> compared to everyone on the list. Yeah. Uh, he will not have the best ability, but he will have the highest opinion of it. Yeah. There's some interesting stories out there. If you can catch some interviews with actors, I think uh, Tom Arnold was in a film or two with him and he talks about how ridiculous he was. And he's like, he's a nice guy, but just, just way too into himself. Um, way too serious. And then John Leguizamo, uh, who was when, uh, in an executive decision uh, with Steven Seagal, which is a great sudden death that uh, audiences didn't see coming, um, talks about how just way over the top he was and everything. So yeah, um, definitely high opinion of himself. Definitely hard to work with. Um, yeah. 
I feel like palling around with Putin should be another fake segment that we have. Palling that just around sounds... with Putin. Yeah, I don't know. What are we so gonna nice. do? We can't just make up names. They have. We have to know what we're gonna talk about. Which one of our picks would be the the best uh, afternoon like lunch date for Putin? Right, every around. every episode. I'm writing it down. Mandy Minute palling around with Putin. Turtle <laughs> done. The Space Jam second. <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. So, Cameron, <laughs> if if you have such low regard for Seagal, why did you not go with another Western martial artist like Jean-Claude Van Damme? I'm not I, I haven't seen a lot of his work. I really haven't. Um Okay. You know. Well, and then we mentioned uh Christian Bale Bale and equilibrium yeah but i i you know there's something to the effect of like paul said training an actor for a role yeah versus an experienced martial Mm -hmm. artist acting and i think that we were going with that ladder as the direction so yeah you know same reason i didn't take i didn't take uh, samuel jackson as maze windu right yeah i I think if you're gonna go i mean if you're going a christian bale character you just take batman as your in canon trained in all kinds of martial arts forever. I guess that's character. true. Yeah. No, I um, take the fighter. Yeah. Just bo- just comes in boxing. I mean, hey, it man, it man three. That's basically it's uh, uh, Mike Tyson boxing. Right. Uh, Donnie in. Uh, it's an interesting combination. All right. Well, that gets us. That gets us our full teams here. Why don't we do our quick thirty second pitch? Uh, we've been going a while, so we can maybe really quickly mention a few uh, alternates. Uh, and uh, call it a night. So um, I'll kick it off here for uh, my pitch listeners, why you should vote for my team. Uh, I think my argument is uh, best addressed in two words, which is Bruce Lee heading the the top of my team here. Uh, But I've also got uh, a variety of uh, martial arts experts from uh, someone good with a sword and Yushi Lian to Rama, who's used to fighting, uh, quickly fighting a whole bunch of people with different fighting styles. Donatello, uh, it, first of all, he no one's going to be prepared for him because he's a giant turtle. Uh, and then Spike Spiegel, who is uh, a bounty hunter, accomplished Bruce Lee aficionado and martial artist himself. So a wide range of skills and talents for me here. On my team, I led off with a drunken master. Uh, alcohol only makes him a better fighter. There's not many occupations where you can say that alcohol makes you better at your job. All of the jobs I've ever Maybe had. Maybe podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got Wong Fei Hung, played by Jackie Chan. And I have a master swordsman in the nameless protagonist in Hero, played by Jet Li. I've got a master of the Buddhist palm, who probably is hands down, ha, pun, literally the most powerful character on our list here. You haven't seen the movie camera, you're shaking your head, but the the hands down, that works. It works so well. I didn't even plan it. Not, Not in basketball. I've got someone who's quick to strike, the Viper, played by Lucy Liu from Kung Fu Panda. And wrapping us up with a unique 
martial arts style that's great for defense, but proven that it can be good on the attack. Man of Tai Chi himself, Tiger Chen. All right, Cameron here. Uh, America first is the theme for uh, my team. Uh, so we have Cordell Walker. That's right. Rock, Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, how about a roundhouse kick? That's what we all want to see. Uh, we also have Chirrut Imway from Rogue One. He's blind and he has a staff. He can kick the crap out of Donatello. I know that. Take his staff from him, probably. He's got uh, the force on his side. Yeah, that's right. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. The force is also with John Wick, who's had three movies. You got to be one with the force to get three movies coming on, going on four. So Keanu Reeves is John Wick. Uh, the Bride, Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. There's only two movies, not three. Do not go into the second movie thinking that there's another one behind it. And finally, we have the man everybody loves to hate, Steven Seagal's Casey Ryback from Under Siege. He's a Navy SEAL. Okay, so if that doesn't spring, sp scream America, I don't know what. So I got a Navy SEAL. I got a Texas Ranger. I got Keanu Reeves. I mean, what's more American than that? In my research, when I was looking up Kill Bill, it said uh, Zendaya possibly in Kill Bill 3. So uh, there may be a Kill Bill Could 3. Be a trilogy. Thank you. Right, Thank you, well, Quentin. I, he, he, was, he, was, he got on my fan mail about, I can't believe that series ended after two. Uh, all right. Well, Cameron, with a breakdown of his team and a breakdown of the number of movies in various franchises <laughs> for you there. <laughs> um, all right, listeners, you Walker, can. Texas Ranger, I believe there are 96 episodes. <laughs> are you counting the Jared Padalecki season in the, in the count? Uh, all right, listeners, you can, you can find where to vote in the links uh, listed here beneath this episode. You can also get that information at anchor.fm slash what's on draft. We'll have a poll up on our Facebook page. Uh, you can vote for who you think uh, has the best team of martial artists there. Uh, you can also give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to uh, this, this uh, podcast on. That's really helpful for us to get through the algorithm, get out there to some more listeners. Uh, you can um, uh, you know, also do us a favor by sharing this episode with a friend. Uh, you and somebody's really excited for uh, Shang-Chi, who we did not draft tonight, uh, coming out this weekend. You could uh, send a link to them to listen to, uh, right? Or anyone else who's just into martial arts film. Uh, uh, let them listen so they can weigh in on who they think had the best draft tonight. Uh, all right, guys, um, we probably need to wrap it up pretty quick here, but do you want to give a mention to any alternates before we conclude? Why don't y'all go? <laughs> I was looking really hard at Tony Jaw, who played in the mm -hmm. Ong Bok series. You get to see the Muay Thai style fighting. And I remember seeing that in theaters and just thinking, wow, this is, this is brutal. This is different. Uh, yeah. I've watched people training for Muay Thai and they deaden the nerves in their, in like their shins so they can just kick. So uh, really, really harsh. Juan Bin is the actor. I don't even know if he has a, a character name, but The Man from Nowhere is an excellent South Korean movie. Mm. So check that out if you're looking for a great action movie. And Sammo Hung, if y'all remember his show. Yeah, I do. CBS. 
he he's uh I feel like he's right up there with Jackie Chan in the use of props mm-hmm. for his uh, his martial arts, able to use whatever's around him. I remember him demonstrating by using erasers from a blackboard and who uses those anymore. But uh, you remember just like pounding them together and getting the chalk dust to go everywhere. What was the name of his show? Was it LA Martial Law? Law Martial Law. Um, and this shows you how much of a fan I was of Walker. They had a crossover episode mm. with the two of them. They had uh, one episode where like they, 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 they interconnected. I guess they were both on CBS or whatever. So wasn't Arsenio in that show too? Oh, I don't remember. I feel like Arsenio Hall was in that show. At least he was in the Walker episode. Kind of. Well, it's sad and, and really offensive, but they, Samuel Hung has always been a, just a larger guy mm-hmm. and they made a movie in the late 70s called enter the fat dragon with him after the bruce lee one and they have redone it with donnie yin hmm. is he fat i think they put him in a suit oh i got you yeah arsenio that, hall was in it movie. yeah I th- he was like his partner yep terrell parker yeah it was like it sounds like parker it sounds like the the uh the inspiration for rush hour. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, I had one alternate. I was, I was kind of surprised. It was kind of another one, well, not surprised. It was a very American pick, but um, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, yeah, he was on my list. One of the only characters I think on our list that was nominated for a, an, a, an Academy Award. He got mm-hmm. nominated for his character of, of Mr. Miyagi. That, of course, is uh, Noriyuki Morita. Yeah, I thought about uh, taking him with the last pick as like a good mentor for the whole team going into the fight, um, right? As well as a, a accomplished martial artist himself. Uh, and I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Cobra Kai series. I, I just think the world they've created is pretty funny where it's like the valley, but people really care about karate. And so mm-hmm. there's karate fights breaking out to solve issues all over the place. It's just like a funny setup that I think plays off pretty well. But yeah, I had Miyagi. I had some, like I said, just some generic like uh, comic book or video game characters like Blade or Scorpion or Snake Eyes that are yeah. known for kind of hand-to-hand yeah. combat kind of stuff. Uh, and then one I didn't take just because I'm not familiar was another anime pick, uh, Kinshiro from the Fist of the North Star, which is like a... He's like a shogun kind of samurai, but in a post-apocalyptic world, he goes around the apocalypse. It's like styled after Mad Max Um, and his fighting style. He punches pressure points and it makes you explode when he he punches them. Uh, I would uh, I've I've only watched a few clips. I can already tell that Mike would not be into it. It's it's very gory. Uh, But the clip I saw he fought a giant and he punched the giant a bunch of times. And the giant said like, you're no match for me. And then he goes, well, you're already dead. And then the giant just explodes because of his martial arts uh, ability. Um, but yeah, I, I was not at all familiar enough with that, but it was on a lot of lists. So I looked it up, but yeah. I like those. I like those with the delayed death. Yes. Yep. It's pretty funny. It's like, I've already won, you know, had I been thinking anime and well, I don't even know if you can count it martial arts, but you know, one punch man would have been the way to go. Cause you're talking about multiple pressure points. We're talking one punch and that's it. 
Lights out. Yeah. Could have been a callback to uh, Smash Brothers, I think, as well as maybe another episode. You took who, One who Punch Man in. Who, who had that? Michael has taken, I, he took One Punch Man in some episode. I don't remember okay. if it was that one or something else, but I know. Nor you, do I. I don't remember. I know you have point. taken One Punch Man. All right. It's a fun show. It's He's a goofy character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't Bonk. watched it, but I know people are um, recommended a lot. I'll have to check it out. I think Paul's tired. I, I also got a screaming baby at home. So I need to go attend to that she probably needs to go outside and, and look at the stars <laughs> you know what might help her go to sleep paul it sounds like that's a code for something else that you're not <laughs> willing to share with the public that you do i take her outside make her look at the stars, look at the stars. Like, uh no i do not want to she insists on it and then she stares at the sky and if i if i go inside too early she starts uh she starts although I could have drafted our our middle child Ada as a as a pick, I and mean, she's not fictional, but she is apparently going to be good at throwing a punch because she punched our oldest daughter today. They were playing with cars, and she had a school bus, and Ren pretended to be a policeman and tried to pull her over. So Ada just punched her in the face, and I did asked she, did her, "Did she say? Did she say defund the police?" Like <laughs> I just came in, and I was like did you hit her? And she goes, I didn't hit her. I punched her. I was like, all right, that's the same thing. Why did you punch her? And she goes, I didn't want to go to jail. So, you know, she fought the law and the law did not win <laughs> in this case. <laughs> the law was uh, on the floor crying when I got in the room. So typical police. <laughs> wow. Well, I was going to suggest that you could teach some martial arts to help with the sleeping, but it sounds like that's a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. She might need it to keep up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, uh, you know, let us know who you think uh, won the won the draft. And thanks for tuning in. Those picks weren't fast as lightning, but we appreciate you tuning in for this martial arts tournament of champions hosted by What's on Draft. But they fought with-